1: So good, once it hits your lips. (laughs) Too bad we won't have any audio tonight, but welcome to the Pyro Podcast. It's the Fantasy Football Fire. We're rocking show 217 here, and I'm D-Rex, and as usual, well, not as usual, actually totally unusual about it, uh, I don't have Houdini sitting to the left of me, and I don't have Stag Party across the way from me. Um, We are in our own houses doing a blab and doing this podcast virtually this should uh, we're trying to prove a concept here and see if we can all be in different places and still get this done but nonetheless we'll be throwing some fantasy goo out your way and dropping the knowledge so we're excited to do this and give it a world dogmatica's playing nanny tonight for the niece uh we are going to throw down this week the conversation is going to be a bunch of wild cards and uh, we got some mailbags and people asking some questions about fantasy football we're going to discuss the NFL Combine a little bit, and obviously there is plenty of um, you know news popping around with the free agents and all that good stuff happening in the NFL. So what's up, boys? Welcome to this little blab party. We're rocking here. Good
0: it, to be rem- here. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of when you guys video uh, MJD and Roddy White, who just got cut today. So bringing it a little bit of full circle
2: i like it yeah it's uh... i'd like to say from that recording this is a lot better being uh, sitting on my couch as opposed to the dirty basement of dewey's with a couple of sheets hung up behind me you know that was that was nice uh,
1: you didn't like that buddy you oh, know like... that awesome I,
2: I enjoyed myself immensely wasn't that
1: uh <laughs> you say it was like uh talk to the girls or what's that movie uh that that book actually originally where we are like down in a in a basement with like all sorts of boarded stuff behind us. Total creeps. Hey, what's up, MJD? We're in the basement. <laughs> Shut up. It gently puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again.
0: <laughs> so Put yeah. The
1: lotion into that.
0: There was quite a few cuts today, actually, of guys that, you know, mattered as soon as like two years ago. I'm looking at Roddy White. You're looking at Brandon LaFell. You know, Scott Chandler also got cut by the Patriots. Well, so a little bit of house cleaning, and then a couple of days ago, we had the uh, the franchise tags finally go through. Finally, found out who was going to get those. You know, most notably for fantasy football aspects, you've got Alshon Jeffrey who's going to be with the Bears uh, for another season at least. Uh, you know, some of us feel differently about that than others. That's for sure. But you know, when you look at Alshon Jeffrey next season, you've got to like his aspects. Like when you look at him on a per route basis last season, he was awesome. Uh, you know, a pro football focuses scoring system had, his, had him as the third best wide receiver when he did play last season, just in terms of what he got done, you know, with that quarterback against the uh, DBs he got it done against. So if he could stay healthy for a full season, you've seen that he has, you know, 1400 yard ability and, you know, that's a valuable, valuable commodity in today's NFL.
2: Yeah, and I think it made sense also for the Bears to franchise him because, you know, they do already have a ton of space under the salary cap. You you needed to – you didn't want to necessarily give him the long-term contract at this point in time because he he hasn't been able to stay 100% healthy. So, you know, this is, I think, a very good, safe move on both parts. Now it's a a real prove-me year for Alshon, who needs to prove that uh, for him that these soft tissue injuries are going to be something of the past. And maybe he'll even have a chance for even more success – now that he'll have Kevin White running next
1: to him next year as opposed to being the only person out there to, to carry the weight last year. Well let's hope so. At the end of the day, he only played nine games and he finished the forty first wide receiver. So I get I got you guys. When he plays, he's friggin' awesome. He gets the targets, he gets makes some big plays. But um, you know, we, we we dog on a lot of other players because they just can't stay on the field. So I'm I'm holding I'm holding true there. And I don't think giving a guy like that. No offense to him and his character. I really don't think giving a guy like that uh, untold millions, um, he would be making, what, seven 16 or $17 million for one year. Um, maybe that incentivizes him, but still, he's just not a worker. I think he's a loafer. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he plays 16 games. And if he does, Stag Party, you're right. He's got 1,400-yard potential. No reason why he shouldn't have 10 TDs. And, uh, and Kevin White should open that stuff up for him. But on that team – even though he's never played a game, I like White more.
0: Yeah, well, you're definitely not going to own Alshon in any drafts, but we could have told you that before you even started talking. Uh, but there's just sort of.
1: And, and, on, before I go on, one thing I you want to say: I don't. I have Alshon higher in my tiers, so I don't like him more than Kevin. Okay. Lowe, so I am being. You know, but. but... Alshon probably will be one of those guys in our tiers that I kind of strike through, like he's already been drafted before the draft even starts.
0: Yeah, I mean, some people do that. You got to have guys like that. Uh, you don't have to, but it's it's your prerogative. It's your fantasy team. You got to like it every week. You got to set the lineup. And if you're not going to like setting Alshon, you know, as your wide receiver one, wide receiver two in your lineup, then what's the point of drafting him? It's like Tavon Austin all over again. <laughs> Uh, Always going
1: to bring him up. Always going to bring him oh, up. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, well, let's go through the combine um, first. And uh, Stag Party, give uh, give the listeners an, an idea of where you are right now, um, looking at the, what website are you on going with this right now?
0: Oh, we're just using the NFL.com uh, combine tracker. Uh, it's pretty cool this year. You can sort of phase out positions. You don't want to see us being, you know, fantasy football aficionados care more about the offensive prowess than we do about the defensive prowess. But one of the things that's wrong with this year's draft is where are all the offensive players? I mean, this is one of the worst offensive drafts I've seen in a while. You can go back and you can sort of talk to the quarterback position and, you know, debatable on who they like more the draft Nick community between Goff and Wentz Uh, we'll get into that a bit later. And then you've got a clear cut stud, you know, running back. And then you've got a debatable stud receiver who's got some flaws to him. And then a bunch of number twos who don't profile as probably anything more than maybe just over a thousand yard receivers in the NFL. So you've got all that. And then you got rookie tight ends who aren't going to do a damn thing anyways, but there's maybe one, you know, first round prospect in Hunter Henry out of Arkansas. Uh, who's got the size. He didn't look great at the combine. He's one of those guys that probably is better with the pads on, uh, you know, just being, he he could do a little bit of everything. He's got that inline ability. He's got the ability to break away from the pack um, when he does have the ball in his hands, but he doesn't have that breakaway speed or yak ability that makes some of these other tight ends like Travis Kelsey, Gronk, uh, Julius Thomas type guys, you know, what makes them special. Uh, and I, I don't see any of those guys sort of out there. And it, if you just want to talk about day one difference makers from fantasy football, I I only truly see one that pretty much regardless of where he goes, I'm gonna love, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. What were your guys' kind of feelings on that? Are you guys started getting the same vibe, or am I just being a little too pessimistic?
2: Well, no, I think you're getting. I'm getting the same vibe. You know, you from everything that you're going about when you watch the combine, um. It, it, there's nothing that is super amazingly flashy about this draft class. Uh, there's no real standouts. That's not to say there's going to be a couple of good players, but, you know, we got a little bit spoiled over the past couple of years with some really stellar draft classes. And with this one, you just you don't have any of the real dominant wide receivers uh, coming out in this one. You don't have uh, anyone outside of Ezekiel uh, Elliott. And Elliott's even a guy, too, that, you know, is he going to be one of the best, fantastic, awesome uh, running backs in the NFL? I I don't really think so. I think he's going to have ability to score touchdowns, but he's also not a guy that I see coming out and just being far and away, you know, a a groundbreaker. But at the same time, there is nobody else. And you're not going to trust any of these quarterbacks coming coming out right away. They each have their problems. So, you know, when you look at Goff, you know, he could be like the modern-day Dave Craig with all the potential for fumbles uh, because of the size of his hands. And then you got uh, Carson Wentz, who
1: everybody loves, but this guy's never really played in a pro-style offense before. So there's just a lot to be proven. And one of those guys is going to go to Cleveland. So Trump city right there. Luck's not on your side. Um, but with Elliott, I mean, I, think, I agree. I think you got to love him because from what I've read a couple times throughout the day today is that Dallas is highly considering him with their fourth pick and imagine if that guy uh, ends up going on that team with that offensive line all of a sudden, day one, I mean, and he's healthy, unlike Gurley last year. Uh, it would be the first time in since 2009, the second time since 2009, where a, uh, a running back was taken with top five pick in the first round. We know the last one. <laughs> that one didn't work out too well, so – uh, but I think uh, Gurley did kind of help that uh, that thought of the undervalued position with the running back. Um, I could see Elliott being drafted by Cowboys. Why? It's it's an instant need, and uh, he's a three-down back, and he showed this, he showed better speed than people actually thought. And the thing that people love, the the, the biggest thing people love about him is his, uh, is his football IQ. So he's a good character guy. Other than when he threw uh, Urban under the bus last year uh, for some play calling, but. Seems like a perfect fit for a team that's literally needs to win the Super Bowl now.
0: I mean, I sort of like that he threw Urban under the bus. He wants the ball. He's he's one of those guys you want on your fantasy team. Cause if he's not getting the ball, he's gonna be making it known. It's like I need the ball. Uh I mean just looking at his <laughs> combine day, his combine day was awesome. Cause he weighed in at 225 pounds. They they loved the football IQ, they loved him in interviews. Uh, he jumped, uh, an insane amount of vertical and broad jump, you know, 35 inch vertical. Uh, you know, he's got that lower body explosiveness you like to be able to score touchdowns. He's, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's shown that, uh, he can, he's one of the best pass protectors in this class already. He is by far the best pass protector out of the backfield. So he is going to be a three down back in the NFL. He just needs to land with the right team. I mean, cause if he gets buried, you know, I think he'll rise above that a bit, but it could take longer to where he's not an instant impact. So you're looking at those guys. He is going to be able to put it all together. And should he go to Dallas, he's going to have immense fantasy value. If he goes to Dallas, I think he's instantly a second or third round pick like in fantasy drafts coming up this year.
1: I he might be higher. I mean, he might be, he might be an end of the first round kind of guy. Just because people will, if the buzz gets going, the people buy into the uh, in, into the buzz. But we'll see what happens. You know, it's, it's it would be a risky pick. It, it would be a very risky pick.
2: Okay, let's just say this: I can understand these guys. You know, people that you start buying into the hype, and you know, this guy's starting to come on. So now we're gonna we're gonna bump him up. Oh, he puts him on Dallas with that offensive line and all these different things. The problem is that this is still a guy who hasn't taken one snap in the NFL yet, and I understand that rookie running backs are the ones that that do produce. But you don't normally draft a rookie running back with the first with your second or third round pick. So don't be the guy that does that. You know, you're, there's going to be some other running backs who are going to come out of this class are going to be in position and, and have opportunities uh, that might score as many, if not more, fantasy points when it's all said and done. No,
1: no, no doubt. It's uh, it's one of those uh, one of those deals that it doesn't sound too much. I mean, last year, think about it. There were so many uh, rookie running backs that actually ended up producing uh, some out of nowhere and and others uh, kind of, you thought might, it might happen the minute they started, but uh, this year is, is it a totally different beast? Is is there, is there any way that that there's the kind of running back action for, uh, for rookies next year in the NFL as there was this year? Well, I gotta
0: go turn off my heat. We've sort of got a whole.
1: I, I think, I think, I think you have a, a,
2: a better chance for more Melvin Gordons this year than Todd Gurley's. That's my opinion.
0: I mean, there. I mean, if anybody, Ezekiel Elliott is not the generational talent. He's not the once in a decade running back, but he is far and away the best running back in this class. Outside of him, you got guys who need to end up in the right scheme. You've got the monstrous Derrick Henry. Who weighed in at what 6'1, 247, had a 35 inch vert, ran a 454, put up Von Miller type numbers, had a huge broad jump. Yeah, you know, the thing is, he he needs to be in a power scheme. He has to be. He has no lateral agility. Like his short shuttle was below average, his three cone drill below average. And you're looking at that and you're like, okay, he has to end up in a great scheme. If he ended up with Dallas in the second round, you like that. He could be good. But, you know, there's, there's guys who are going to fill roles here, and we've got a lot of aging running backs in the NFL today. I mean, just looking at the top tier of running backs, where are all these guys that have been there for us the past five years? You know, Matt Forte is going to be in a timeshare potentially. Uh, who knows where? You know, Marshawn Lynch hung up his cleats. You've got, you know, other guys, Adrian Peterson's in his 30s. We've got all these guys who are generational talents and great for us in fantasy football over the last five years. You know, they're all gone. They're dissipating. And these new guys are going to have to come in and get some work. But this is today's NFL where it's going to be a timeshare no matter how you look at it. I mean, there's guys who are good first and second down thumpers like the Henry, but he's an awful pass protector, an awful pass catcher. And then you got his teammate, Kenyon Drake, who's sort of the exact opposite, who's the flash, who's the Reggie Bush type, who's the lightning to the thunder, uh, who can catch the ball out of the backfield. And then there's guys all over like that, like Paul Perkins uh, out of UCLA. There's just tons of guys. The question is how many of them are going to be three down backs? And I don't think there's that many.
2: Well, I think that's the point. There are not that many three-down backs in the NFL anymore. You just listed all these older guys that have been, you know, starting on our fantasy teams for the past five years and such. Well, you know, those are guys are fading away. And the difference is, instead of plugging in new guys who now are taking over that role, this goes to the conversation that D. Rex and I had uh, uh, blabbed about when we're talking about, you know, where are you drafting running backs as compared to wide receivers, and and the situation now for all of these running backs that are coming in, you're going to get opportunities, but are you not going to see there's, there's only a few guys now that really warrant being those three down backs. Everybody else, you either going to have to take a bet on. Do I want to get the guy who's going to be more of a shorter yardage guy, but a touchdown score? Or do I want the PPR running back facet of the backfield—the guy who's going to get the catches, but probably going to have a limited amount of touchdowns? And then it's really going to be about picking the right offenses to to grab these running backs from, because I think schemes and and opportunities and in those schemes is going to be uh, a lot more important when looking at running backs going forward than it
1: ever has been in the past. I mean, in doing the tears, in doing my tears last night, I was also blown away by how deep and how long I really had to think hard about the, the wide receivers. So there are so many good wide receivers. It is unbelievable. Some of the names that I had in, you know, in the twenties and thirties, I was blown away by it. Um, guys like golden Tate who should, if, if Calvin retires just the not that how low I had them just cause I couldn't get them any higher. I was blown away. So to go back to our conversation, we did a blab and if you're watching this blab or you're listening to us, on, uh, on, our, on our podcast, you know, platform that you use to listen to the Fantasy Football Fire Pyro Podcast, check out Blab and go, you know, do a search for Fantasy Football Fire Pyro Podcast on blab.im and you can see our old shows as videos or you can download them as audio. This is the first show that we've ever done um, that is going to be full on translated and uploaded as a podcast. But you should check it out. Go to Blab. I am. It's like a conversation software, and uh, you can watch videos of this show as well as uh, some previous. I think this is our fifth show on Blab.
2: Bell oh, Verde.
1: Verde. What are you What are you got? What are you drinking there, uh, Jeannie?
2: I'm trying something that was a novelty that was bought for me.
1: Neapolitan. Milk stout. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. How is, oh my God. I, I saw that. And I was like, I, I don't even like Neapolitan ice cream, but.
2: Well, 6% alcohol. So that's, that's a good start. <laughs> what about,
1: you got your water over there. Stag party.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Clear American cherry limeade.
1: Nice. Legit. Wow. Good stuff. What, whatever happened to New York seltzer water.
0: <laughs> got me. I've never even heard of it. Uh,
1: I know. That was that was what we had in my day. I'm drinking a uh, a good old um, uh, Gone Away Indian Pale Ale. This is from Half Acre Beer uh, Company, and that's Chicago Company. It's funny. This beer was actually like three different names before they came down on Gone Away. I don't remember them off the top well, of my I've, head. I've but seen that can
0: before. Thing. I've never heard of Gone Away.
1: It, it used to be called like the second name it had was like Hayoki Yep, yep. And then the And then the first name they had was something even worse. I don't know. Whoever was naming their beers kind of was drinking too much beer when he was naming them. Literally same can essentially, but it's on its third name, same beer. But I think they're going to stick with Gone Away. Good stuff. Uh, If you don't uh, know Half Acre, they make Daisy Cutter. Um, I'm talking to our audience. They make some great beers, and uh, they're Chicago staple. So check them out if you like beers.
0: So, I, I listened to your guys' blab. Uh, I wasn't on that one. But you're talking about how you have to draft wide receivers early because that's the way of the day and the age that, you know, how the NFL is going. But then you look at it, and if you don't get an early running back, those motherfuckers are ugly quick. Like, you get past, you know, your 8-9 running back, and you're like, oh, my God, do I really want to draft this guy? He's got so many questions. And then you can go through, like, wh- I think I've got Golden Tate as wide receiver 37. Like, so you are still getting
1: so the, the same thing as I did. I was like, Tate is this low. And I was like trying to move him up and I couldn't.
0: I, yeah. The guys above him are all better. They're all in, you know, good passing offenses or they're the number one target with a bit more size, a bit more touchdown ability, things like that. But if you don't get one of these early running backs, you don't get the Le'Veon Bells, who's got a big question mark on him and just how the sealers are talking about him as of late and then you don't get the APs you don't get the David Johnson's who's the new hotness Uh, you know you don't get you know Todd Gurley who should be great in his second year you don't get Thomas Rawls coming back from his broken leg you know all these guys have question marks and have warts so if you don't get one early it's almost swinging back you know it's almost like You got to get one of these elite guys or else you're going to be, because you can get a great wide receiver in the second round. I don't know if you can get a great running back in the second round.
2: Well, but, but the proof is in the pudding that you can get great running backs that are taken in rounds five through, through nine or whatever, you know, Where's the Danny Woodheads of the world that are always getting drafted that are finishing as a top 20 wide running back? You know, so you gotta understand that there's there's always depth that's out there. And what we were looking at, and the difference is that once you get beyond the Le'Veon Bells of to those top four guys, the difference in points between that number four guy and the number twenty guy was very negligible. So I'll let you go ahead and eat up all those running backs that are early. They're gonna just be scoring less than the two wide receivers I'm gonna grab with the first two picks. I think it is-, is the
1: most stressful. It's a, let me just make one quick point stag party and then i'll let you go it is a stressful thing i i agree with both of you completely and after doing my first batch of tears uh, over the last you know four or five days i'm obviously still hot on those wide receivers early but i agree with stag party that one i think you can get some of these value now that i think a lot of people will be doing that wide receiver now that late first round there is going to be some guys i think i really do think that's what wide receiver i mean Wide receivers are going to be going in the front more, and and some some running backs are going to slip. Take that value, take that opportunity. Uh, but because it's so, it, it it gets it hits the dregs real quickly on that running back situation. But I agree with what you're talking about. Houdini, the negligible difference um, from the from the fifth to the uh, you know 25th guy, and the fact that the a guy's always ends up top five. There was a pickup or a, a, a teen rounder uh, like so there's it's going to be the most stressful part of drafts and it's going to be a conversation that we are not going to stop having in this off season leading up to those drafts just this running back wide receiver dynamic and what you really need to do in those first three rounds it's it's crucial it's it's going to be uh and it's 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 a little stressful
0: (laughs) i mean as i've said you just got to draft the best guy available to you and early you know antonio brown might be the number one pick like I've seen him go number one in a lot of different drafts. I've been doing a lot of MFL ten lately uh, to get to get my feet wet, just to see where guys you know value other guys and things along those lines. And you know, I like Le'Veon Bell at number one, but now there's question marks about his knee, him being ready for week one. You know, he's a big risk, but you know, if you have Le'Veon Bell and he's healthy, he's going to be a playmaker for you. The thing is, with those running backs, we talk about who you could pick up off the waiver wire you're not guaranteed to get a guy off the waiver wire. You know, that's the thing. Like it's all sudden great. It's like, Hey, there's going to be a guy off the waiver wire. That's going to finish fifth. Do you know who he is? Like, if you could tell me today, like great. But if you can't tell me until after you finish his fifth, what's the fucking point? Um, Well, that's the whole point. How could you tell anybody who's going to be on the waiver wire if I was going to tell you the guy to
2: grab off the waiver wire? I would draft him instead. Exactly,
0: but you've got to take the chance and draft those you know, high-end running backs that you feel are in great offenses that are going to score touchdowns that are going to catch passes that you know when they're on the field they're going to have three downs worth of work because there's maybe seven of them in the NFL now, and they are a dying, dying breed. So, you know, positional scarcity makes them even more valuable, technically. Well, technically it does, but at the same time,
2: too, when you're playing with 12 teams in your league, how many of those teams are actually going to have those running backs? And the other situation is that when you look at the top-scoring running backs where, you know, what was it, the top-scoring running backs over the past five or six years going back, you can even go back further than that. Uh, prior to this, to this last season, always scored over three hundred points, sometimes over three fifty, over four hundred points. And what did Devonta Freeman, who led the way last year, scored two forty seven point five. Yep. So you know this is where you're saying, oh my god, I got to get that top guy. Why I can get I can get two wide receivers that scored two twenty and two thirty five now.
1: You know, so the the difference is that Freeman went like the eighth or ninth round last year. Maybe a little okay.
0: little. an example of a guy that you weren't paying up for to be a top horse for. I mean, yeah, you've just got to draft the right guys. I mean, that's all it comes down to, right? If you draft the wrong guys, you're going to be in trouble. If you draft the right ones, if you draft Jordy Nelson early, if you draft Kelvin Benjamin early, you're going to hurt. But if you draft the right guys, you've got good targets. You've done your, uh, you have to do your sort of scouting. You have to watch and look at it, and you know, evaluate the guys. Take the guys you want. And at the front half, you don't have to take a running back anymore. You don't have to, you know, take a you don't have to take a wide receiver. You don't have to take a tight end. Um, what the <laughs> we, we just brought in Amy. So, How you doing?
3: I also kind of like fall in and out of reading certain series. I'll get like really, 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 really good at the thing. And then like oh, I'll damn. get kind of caught up. And then I'll forget my full box. And then I will just completely like quit reading it. Gets. It's just right. a book series for me though. like. <laughs>
1: What the? okay? She was uh, she was I don't know what was going on there. She got in joined in and then uh, she was talking fantasy with us for a second. She agreed with stag party. You have to draft the best. Um, but then it looked like she was talking about what did she say that she got raped?
2: No, I was talking about a full body something
1: or other. I don't know what happened. Right? I love that thing. If you, if you didn't get a shoot. Basically in the bikini. I thought we were going to have a nudie on this one, but it, so I had to get her out. Um, hey, thanks for uh, calling in Amy Martin wine. That's pretty hilarious.
0: So um, I, I was on a spiel about something. I, I think I lost track of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. The one thing I think we can all agree on is not to draft a quarterback, really. That's about the only thing we can all agree on. Uh, you know, you could draft a tight end, you could draft your Gronk early, you could draft your wide receivers early, you could draft your running back early, but you don't have to do any of them. You don't have to do, you don't have to draft a running back in the first round. So that's where I absolutely agree with you guys with what you're saying. It's you don't have to do anything anymore, like you just let it flow to you. You draft the best player available, and if you're up at number five and Julio's available against you know Devonta Freeman. I'm going Julio, and if it's you know other ways like that, that's what tiers. Tiers are even more important, even earlier. Tiers early didn't used to matter in the first you know two or three tiers of wide receiver and running back. They didn't used to mean a goddamn thing. You knew who the best were, you knew where they were going to go, and you were just going to take whichever position you felt like. But now they matter even more.
2: Well, now now drafting the best player available completely matters because. As we saw with the decrease with uh, Devonta Freeman with the top scorer at the running back position, as we've seen with the absolute increase in the number of uh, 200-point scorers from the uh, wide receiver position and the way the wide receivers now have been trending and then going into last year, if you take averages of the top 10 – uh, 11 through 20, tw- uh, you know, uh, 21 through through 30, you're finding that the wide receivers are scoring more. So we finally, which has always been not the case, we we uh, we're having more balance in fantasy scoring than we have ever seen in, in the games. It used to be you had to have those running backs because those running backs were where the vast majority of your points came from. And your, your third wide receivers were always crap. Well, now everybody's got three wide receivers uh, because they are good. So that's why – that's also where I am can make the value statement That's important to have those top ones because everyone's going to have some value somewhere. But you're right, picking the best player available now and, and waiting on a quarterback because, you know, the differential still between quarterback one and quarterback ten is not nearly the same as it is uh, – difference as it is between uh, the other skill positions.
1: And there's so many. And there's 20 great quarterbacks this year. I mean, not great, but there's 20 quarterbacks that uh, – we Will be playing for any for many clubs this uh, this year in fantasy football. I I was blown away by that number too. And you've got just guy the fifteenth guy is is still a guy that I could go to I could go to bat with on any given Sunday. What's up, Stag?
0: And, and just going along with that. You've got you know quarterbacks who aren't there, and then maybe there's even a little more of a second tier of tight end with the emergence of Jordan Reed. You know, depending on how you feel about him, Greg Olson cementing himself. You know, Eifert and his sure to regress touchdowns, but what other things should increase? You know, with Sanu potentially gone, with Marvin Jones both potentially gone, he could see a lot more targets. He might be the number two you know weapon in that passing game next season. So, you know, tight ends is a little bit deeper than it was before. But after like tight end seven, you might as well wait until the last, you know, third last pick to draft your last tight end. Because if it's a difference between, you know, Eric Ebron and Richard Rodgers, like you're just hoping for a touchdown. (laughs) Like it's the same. They're all the same after a certain point at tight end. Like after you get past Gary Barnage and Julius Thomas, like just wait on these guys. Like, just, just wait. I mean, yeah, you might have a guy who you like a little more uh, than others who might be, you think, could break out. Who I sort of think Ebron has the potential to break out with uh, without Calvin Johnson there. But, you know, there's going to be guys you like a little bit more, guys you like a little bit less. But just running back and wide receiver, I got to pose a question for you. It, PPR used to sort of even out the scoring to where wide receivers were as valuable as you know, running backs. Now, has that sort of increased in a different way? Are wide receivers now too valuable in PPR scoring because of the lack of true sort of talents at the running back position?
1: I'd say yes, for sure. Uh, especially because there's not th- there's not that many um, great dynamic runners that actually also catch the ball as well. So I think the advantage. is And the numbers where you see where how many wide receivers are going over uh, a thousand yards versus running backs. Um, And then the amount of, you know, per, if you're doing point per PPR, yeah, no, no doubt. And that's another reason why I love them. And I, in, in, in many situations, I like your draft, the best guy I can see coming out of those first three rounds with uh, especially in a PPR league, um, three wide receivers.
0: I don't know about three wide receivers. I mean that's it's risky, babe. It's risky. We wide receivers are your guys, but like right after the third round, like why uh running back really craps out. Uh I think um, uh one one of the guys, uh, PK Ripper had a question on Twitter where it's like, How do you feel about leaving and not having a running back through the fifth round? I'm not comfortable with that at all. I mean if you want to say, hey, you drafted Gronk, and then you drafted, say, Allen Robinson, and then you drafted, you know, three more wide receivers after that, and then you get to the sixth round, and you don't have a single running back. You know, guys that are going in the sixth round uh, of drafts currently, you know, aren't that sexy. Like, you know, you're going to be back in that Justin Forsett range. You know, Melvin Gordon, Matt Jones, you know, potentially Carlos Williams, you know, Jay Ajayi, like. Those guys all have question marks. I'd much prefer to get a wide receiver in the sixth round where there's still a lot of depth, where we're going to be talking about the Golden Tates, the John Browns, the Michael Floyds. So, like, I just compare names when it comes to that. Like, if I'm in the sixth round or fifth round, you know, just compare the names across each other. It's like, would you rather have John Brown in the fifth or sixth or would you rather have, you know, uh, Jay Ajayi? Well,
2: I, I'll tell you this. I mean, I, I agree that you, I don't want to be through five rounds of my draft and and only and not have a running back yet. Um, but I'm not going to be r- jumping after those running backs in the first or second round. I mean, I look at my team last year that where I won a title, and I was picking at the 11th pick out of 12. Um, so I grabbed Julio Jones in the in the first, and I grabbed CJ Anderson in the second, and that didn't really work out for me at all, you know. I backed it up and, and I got my I got Latavius Murray, who I picked up in the um, I want to say that was in the uh, it was either in the in the fourth round or in the fifth round. Yeah. So you know, but I look at it there, and I go, man, I could have had Julio Jones and Odell Beckham, and instead I want I went for CJ Anderson because of the need in my head to thinking that I needed to have a, a, a running back there. But I definitely want to have at least one running back through the first five. But when you're mentioning all those other running backs, the Justin Forsett's, but then you get to the Melvin Gordons, the Matt Jones, the Carlos Williams and stuff, they, are, they all got question marks, but they all got a lot of potential too. And those are the type of guys that you can potentially grab in that fifth, sixth round that, well, you know what, maybe you end up getting a nice gem right there too. So I'm just saying- I, li- I
1: really like Matt Jones. Again. Uh, but one thing I'll say, and then Stags, I'll let you keep going on this, but PK Ripper's question – it depends on. For me, know your league, know your rules. Can you do run and shoot? Is the first thing. Uh, can you can you play? Can you play four uh, four wide receivers and only one um, one uh, running back? That'll depend a lot on if I would not be able not take a running back in those first five rounds. And um, the other one would be. I mean, that's really the most important one to me. So if I could do a run and shoot, it's a little bit different. And also, are you in a league that's flex? Uh, super flex, what's the, what's the lineup setting? I think that would be important, too. If I'm in a flex league and I can throw another another wide receiver in the mix, I mean, it gets a little scary with the flex to have just all wide receivers. So I like it if I can do run and shoot, something that I've, I've said before on these shows. I won uh, my championship last year with run and shoot probably a third of the time where you only got one running back, and it was, like, a good running back, but my guys kept on getting injured. So um it, you can do it. You can do it, but you've got to be able to know your rules. And if you have to play two running backs every week, then it's not really a good idea to wait too long on the, on those
0: uh, on the, on that position. I'm not saying wait till the fifth or the sixth. Like, I'm not saying you have to go first two. I'm not saying you have to take a running back in the first two either, What I'm saying is, is I'm getting one and three and four, or I'm, I'm trying to get one and three and four, or I'm getting two and three and four, depending on how I started my draft. Like, I mean, Could I have three wide receivers and one running back through the draft? Sure. Through the first four rounds? Absolutely. I'm perfectly fine with that. But I don't like getting to the – I don't like just ignoring a position completely besides quarterback. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) when running back is still the most important position in the league, I mean, technically, the guys who won people leagues – were running backs there. They might not have been the guys you thought about, but they were Tim Hightowers. They were still playing the running back position. And those are the guys that scored the most in championship weeks. Like it was still coming out of the running back position. You know, I mean, they're, they're important. I don't completely ignore it. And I, I don't think, I'm, I'm not a believer in the zero RB strategies. I, I, I agree with stockpiling running backs, of course. I agree with having more running backs on my roster than wide receivers, and I agree with drafting more of them later, but I'm not saying I'm just not going to completely ignore running backs through the first five rounds.
1: I think that's what came out of the show that we did last weekend. Houdini said, "I thought I was going to go high and heavy again." I'm all on your. I, I got to reiterate this: take the best guy available. If I'm sitting there at the eighth pick and I feel like, um, you know, I feel like Le'Veon Bell has been playing in the preseason and he's he's looking okay and he's back from his injury, but and I'm sitting there and he's there. I, I – I, and, and all these my great wide receivers are off the board, and it's Levy on Bell or even an, an Allen Robinson. I'm going, and Levy on Bell's healthy. I'm going Bell. I'm going to take that chance and, and try and get those points on the upside. Uh, but at the same time, um, I'm going to be coming out of those first three, four rounds with three wide receivers, and then I'm going to be in that 5 to 15 zone stockpiling the crap i'm gonna go high on a tight a tight end i'm gonna get one of those good tight ends and i'm gonna back them up with another one uh but other than that i am going to have a lot i'm gonna have as many running backs as that goddamn drafting room gonna let me have because i'm just playing roll the friggin' dice and one of those guys is gonna hit and i'm gonna have the wide receiver base where i can go run and shoot and if i only have one running back lo and behold that's all right
2: well, you're right because that's exactly the other thing that I came away with. That was if you go first two picks on wide receivers and you stockpile the guys that number one don't get hardly injured uh, as often, uh, play all the games, are consistent more uh, in this day and age, and you have those guys, then to roll the dice when you're getting to that to those later rounds, it can be absolutely worth it because you're you're going to have this the you know what you get out of wide receivers now used to is like you can count on them like running backs. You're going to get a good week. If they're really good, you're going to get a decent floor, and you're going to get a good week every other week. It used to be every three weeks for a wide receiver. Well, now with running backs, you're almost in a situation where they're at about the same thing, if not kind of fading into where wide receivers were. So when you get that top-level you know, wide receiver right now, it's more of a guarantee because the, the, the biggest part that went away from uh, running backs is that – we don't see any of these 17 to 25 touchdown running backs that we saw for years and years and years, you know, going back from Marshall Falk to Priest Holmes and all these guys, Larry Johnson's, these guys that were just pounding the ball in the end zone, like ridiculous amounts of time.
1: Well, remember last uh, on the show in Stags, you'll love this. We went back 10 years to 2006 and we compared the number one running back in points from uh, Devonta Freeman la- last year, which what did we say at 247?
2: Yep. 247 and a half,
1: 47 and a half. It was uh 10 years ago. It was Ledeni and Tomlinson with four twenty.
0: I mean, you know, that, <laughs> that was a record setting season. So it's a little high, but yeah, there was a lot of those back then. Every Larry Johnson had 337. Sean Alexander, Sean Alexander had what 20, 27 touchdowns before LT did. I mean, there was just.
2: Well, I'm talking about in the same year, though. I think Larry Johnson was either 337 or 347 for points. Yeah. So you you had a bunch of guys though that were over 300 points. Where now the top guys only under under 250. I mean, I think it'll be great.
1: One of the things that I that I noticed also with doing my tears um, last night, he's not there yet because he's coming off an injury. But as Stag said, it's just a broken bone, the healing isn't something I worry. There's something in me that tells me that uh, Rawls. Could be my number one running back by the time the season starts.
0: Whew, that's that's ballsy. I mean
1: I don't know. He's got just the team. I'm not even saying he's that great. I mean, it's it's just not the not team. That
0: great. like he was undrafted. Like we know he's not that great. <laughs> I, I <agree. laughs>
1: uh I mean the team is be... just perfect for what he he's gonna do. Literally I was, I, he kept creeping up and he was injured. And I'm like Good God, this guy could keep creeping. And once he's back on the field and, and we know that, uh, you know, that they don't sign anyone or bring anyone else and he is the new uh, Marshawn Lynch, give it to me.
0: Yep, yep, definitely. I, I hope mean, you're right. He's, he's got a lot of upside. I got him in a keeper. League. I hope you're right. <laughs> got a lot of upside. I, I like what he's got. But number one running back, like, oh, I don't know. You know, you're a Todd Gurley guy too, so. I don't see how you're going to ever push him above that. I guess the offense is better, and that's what you're That'll be the justification. But you guys want to go back to uh, circle back uh, around to the uh, sort of draft kit, uh, or or the uh, not draft kit, the uh, combine. Go position by position, talk about some guys we're interested in. Uh, I guess we'll start with quarterback because it's pretty quick. Do you guys have a preference over the top two or any guys you sort of like later?
1: Well, I definitely—I don't know—I don't have a preference. Obviously, we saw uh, the kid out of uh, 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 golf or whatever uh, played. uh, He 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 presented himself well. So now heading into this, you had this no-name kid, uh, you know, out of uh, whatever. Excuse me, I'm trying to get
0: Carson Wentz. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: Wentz. so everyone's worried that he doesn't have the pedigree of the, the competition um something that's truly you know potentially something you should worry about but looking at that kid and the way that he runs his size I, I don't know I I think I like him more than I like uh, uh how do you pronounce the other Jared Goff yep
0: um yep. I
1: would take I would take a Wentz over a Goff but both of those guys are going to be top 10 picks
0: I mean, I could see one of these. I, mean, guys, I could see one of these guys like just falling. Guys in the like draft. just in the draft. Uh, Sort of like the. Uh, sort of like the back early. in his draft where he was considered potentially, you know, the number one sort of guy uh, along with Alex Smith, and then he just fell because nobody wanted to reach out and draft him. Uh, but they're they're both interesting. I prefer Carson Wentz. I I don't care about his level of competition as much. He just seems like he's ran a bit of more pro-style offense. He's a prototypical size, got big hands. Uh, he should fit in, you know, in bad weather games, a lot better than a Jared Goff and his tiny man hands. Uh, and I worry about that a little bit, but we, we know these guys aren't going to be the class of last year. These guys aren't going to be significant fantasy performers. And with very little attrition at the quarterback position, you know, this off season, you know, maybe Sands, Peyton Manning, maybe not. Who knows what's up with that, but we're not going to lose anybody at the quarterback position to where I'm going to need to play one of these rookies next year. The only chance you're going to need to play them is maybe in a super flex or a two peak QB league. But even then, I'm not a feeling great about them. Carson Wentz is going to be a guy who's more of a, he's, he's got the size. He's got the athletic ability. He's going to be able to add a few hundred yards rushing. So I I like that part of his game. Uh, I'd worry about, you know, a couple things with them. neither of these guys have giant arms. I mean, Carson Wentz, not Joe Flacco in terms of arm ability. Um, uh, the footwork was a little sloppy from, from Wentz, but he, he looked good just throwing the ball at the combine with a bunch of different receivers. He he looked good placing it. And you know, these guys he's never played with before, but he, he looked good out there. I liked his bravado out there. Uh, at, at the podium, he's well-spoken. You know, he had that little bit of swagger to him, which is something I like out of the quarterback position. Um, you know, I, I'm a Carson Wentz believer. If I if I think they're going somebody at number two, I'd have to go Carson Wentz over Jared Goff. But Jared Goff has that game manager ability, I think, early in his career. Like, I think he'll be better early. Uh, I think he's more of a Ryan Fitzpatrick type, a smart, heady guy who, you know, should take care of the ball. Uh, you know, he didn't have any fumbling issues in college, so the small hands might be a bit overblown. And then there's the – He
1: looks fluid. Uh, Jerry looks fluid. He did. He really does. I mean, obviously he went to the same school and he brought him up earlier. But when I was watching him and he was uh, kind of uh, running out on, on the edges and, and making some, uh, some of those passes in the combine drills, he really does remind you of an Aaron Rodgers. He, he's got that nice, fluid throwing process. He's um, a handsome
0: devil. Oh, boy. We're getting into that now. Uh, I I won't judge that. And then later in the draft, you got, you know, Paxton Lynch, who's, you know, sort of an elite level athlete for being a white guy. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, he's got some potential fantasy value if he can get on the field for a team, you know, with his rushing ability. and. He's sort of that gunslinger mentality later in a draft. He's sort of a prototypical sort of today's NFL quarterback. It's just, he's unpolished. He's got no polish of Jared Goff.
2: Well, I I think the benefit that you're going to get from some of these guys is I don't really don't think anyone besides Carson Wentz has an opportunity to step in and play from day one. And I think that all of these guys would benefit from probably sitting behind somebody for a year or two, but you know, Paxton Lynch too, six foot seven, I mean, another just monster. He ran what a four seven eight uh at the forty, which is pretty damn fast for a guy six seven, two hundred and forty-five pounds. So
1: um yeah, I I, I definitely think there. It he looked great out there when he was running around. He truly does look like a Flacco. He does have that arm strength. He does have he looks like Flacco, but a lot more mobile out there. And he can, his 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 movements and lateral movements are I liked what I was seeing out of that guy, I know, and I like his bravado and his leadership so. Well, the one guy, it's too bad that Dogmatica is playing uh, granny sitter right now because his boy uh, Connor Cook is doing going ever since he grabbed the uh, grabbed the award out of the um, an, an ex Heisman Trophy winner's hands and was being a cock knocker. He's really he's really plummeted down, spelunked into the depths of QB hells. Where does that guy end up going? And do you like his um, do you like his prospects in the NFL?
2: you know i i don't I don't know it, it, the thing is this it, it really all depends for these guys where they end up right because you you're gonna need to have an opportunity besides the guys that are the the three the three guys that we already mentioned, everybody else is gonna be based on opportunity and based on you know an injury or something happening ahead of them or just being in the right situation where you're gonna get a chance uh because too many times we see this happen anyway right where you have. Um a, a team that has a young quarterback that's their backup and their and their top guy goes down, but if they actually really want to have a chance at, at being um a successful team or they're fighting for a playoff spot, what do they do? They go and they sign a brand Brandon whedon or Blaine Gabbard off the street for crying out loud, and they don't let these kids play. So too many times do we see this happen with these older quarterbacks. Yeah, you
0: start Drew Stanton over Logan Thomas and stuff like that. Like we we've right. seen it repeatedly. Uh There's a couple guys, you know, depending on where they end up, that could be good prospects, but I think everybody needs to sit. I think Christian uh, Hackenberg would need to sit, but if he ends up with, you know, Bill O'Brien, his ex college coach, where he succeeded a little bit, he could have some juice to him. Or, you know, if Connor Cook ends up with there, because I think Bill O'Brien's a pretty good quarterback's coach and uh, he's sort of got that guru sort of mentality, but I think all these guys sort of need to sit. So we could probably move on to guys who are going to make more fantasy impact. Move on to running backs a little bit. And there were some guys who showed up, and then there were some guys who didn't. And there was, it, it doesn't seem like another one of these great classes, but if I had to choose between running backs and receivers in this class, I might lean a little bit towards the running backs.
2: I, I would agree. I would agree that the, the running backs, because the wide receivers in this class really did not do anything in the combine. Uh, to impress me all that much at all so um, I I, I definitely think that you got to give the what what we have with the running backs and we already talked about Ezekiel Elliott Uh, you also got Derrick Henry uh, coming out of Alabama Uh, Devontae Booker out of Utah you got Paul Perkins from UCLA Uh, you got CJ Procise from Notre Dame um and and you know from there then there's then there's a couple other interesting prospects outside the top five but i I think that these guys go ahead but i think you're gonna get some of these guys are really gonna have a chance to to make some waves and and henry could be well i don't think he's gonna be uh, henry's gonna be anything all that special as like an every down type back but you want a guy that can come in and maybe score you 10
0: touchdowns as a rookie he could be the guy i mean that's the thing these guys are all gonna have roles They're all going to have either third down rolls, they're going to have first and second down rolls, or they're going to be change of pace backs. I just think that's the way the NFL is sort of going now, that these guys are going to get work. Uh, How much work is the question, and fantasy football is all about opportunity. So it's going to depend on a lot where they end up. But, you know, if I had to guess, I think Paul Perkins is going to the Packers. I think they're going to try and recreate that Jonathan Franklin experiment from a few years ago when they drafted him out of UCLA, if you guys remember that, and then he sort of had his head injuries. Uh, But he's the type of scat back that can really be a difference maker with the lumbering Eddie Lacey, who might not be as lumbering next season. They seem pretty excited about, you know, Eddie Lacey going into next season. Uh, CJ ProSice is a former college wide receiver. Um, so he's got, hold on one second. Let's go back. Let's go back to Perkins for
2: a second though, because the other thing that Perkins brings to the table is he's got good size too. You know, it's not like he, you're bringing <laughs> he in a had- shrimp. He, he is six foot one, 220. It was, two, you know, it was 225, dropped some, some pounds, but he runs, he runs pretty fast, you know, under a four, six and who's your other competition. There's, is, is you got, uh, you know, obviously James Starks, he's a free so agent. They're they're looking
0: for, replacement. I mean, Starks is a free agent, you know, that, and then I'd say that, you know, running back core is thin, but we all know that's not true. Um, Eddie Lacy makes it fat by himself. Uh, besides that, you know, <laughs> CJ procis is a former college receiver, former college DB. So he's a sort of, you know, raw prospect, but he ran in the 4-4s. Four uh, I think he was a 4-4-8 four four guy. And then, you know, Marshall just lit it up and ran a 4-3-1. And at his size, you know, that that's a pretty good – he you know, he's got a size speed strength because he also led the running backs in bench press he can catch the ball and this guy who is just this is a guy who was just as highly touted out of high school as todd Gurley when they both went to fucking georgia the problem is he hasn't gotten a lot of work since his injury since he tore an acl uh you know he's been behind sort of nick chubb uh and and, and i think it's michael uh And he he only got 72 carries uh, last year, so you're worried about that. But he's got size, he's got speed. He's going to be an interesting third down kind of back, uh, with a potential ability to do more with his size. That guy can run,
1: yeah, he can run. We got a couple people I want to give a shout out to. Just give it, we got uh, Camiola One, what up, dude? How you doing, man? Gonna 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 give you a shout out. We got the oh, rippers talk, in the mix. We
0: talked about AK you. We talked about how we think you're insane if you get into the sixth round. With no running backs. You'll have to go back and listen. <laughs> and
1: then, we got Marino, one of our Pyro Pro uh, uh, league league maestros. What up out there? Uh, too bad Amy Martin Wine's not around in that bikini again. You guys are, Actually, you was you guys are missing
0: piece. the show. <laughs> that was fun.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get her back in the mix. that that's good times, but just wanted to give uh oh yeah, we got mitch Wood or wood Mitch, I think it's Mitch wood, but he likes to do it background backwards, but that's the guy that's uh always rocking it on uh on on uh Twitter with us and actually i'm gonna he asked a few questions yesterday, and uh while while he's rocking out here we'll uh we' we'll, we'll let's go through one of those and and knock it out so um. Basically his question, and then we can go back to, we'll go back to some more of the running back wide receiver. Not really anything to talk about in the combine for the, uh, for those guys. But um, so this is uh forever Royal. It's our boy, uh, Wood Mitch. Um, is there a reason not to stream Q a QB? Um, and then basically the second part of this question, let's start there, but it's a two part question. Uh, is there a reason not to stream well, a QB? I'm going to go grab a, The goal is
0: always to never stream a QB. The goal is to go into the draft, drafting a quarterback late, who is going to be your quarterback all season. The goal is to get Carson Palmer in the 10th plus round, and he's going to put up QB five numbers on the season. That's the goal. And then after that, you sort of go, you know, you go what you got to do. So say, you know, you did it, and you drafted Tannehill in the eighth or ninth round, and he was a flop. So then then you go with plan B. Streaming is plan B after, you know, you take a shot on a guy late who you like at the quarterback position. Because, you know, Russell Wilson from two years ago, you know, guys like that always seem to pop up. And Tyrod Taylor was a, you know, top 10 fantasy quarterback in, in limited in the games he did play. Uh, so just sort of thinking about that. Uh, the goal is not to stream, but streaming <laughs> is a <the> plan B. <laughs> it's a good plan B. I mean. The plan, is there a reason not to wait? No, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, what it is. It depends on what your luck's like. Um, I'm a streaming quarterback nightmare. <laughs> I'm just terrible. I When I stream quarterbacks, every time I overthink it, I do matchups, I go to dogs. SOS, I'm reading like crazy on their Twitter, I'm going ballistic, I'm trying to find – Every time it seems like I make the wrong decision. So for me, I'm more, of a, obviously you're streaming to not be streaming anymore. But for me, I always do. I'm never the guy to be in a 10-man league or a 12-man league to be the last guy to be running and grabbing a quarterback. I always, when I, I'm always up there a little bit higher, um, you know, in keeper league last year, I kept luck. Uh, you know, I just want that 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 consistency because i personally just know there's no your league and there's no yourself <laughs> you know it's like hey i gotta wake up early should i go out and grab a couple beers with the guys i'll just, i'll be back by 9 30 i know myself yeah. it's fucking 2 30 i come back i gotta get up in four hours that know yourself same thing with quarterbacks and 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 doing uh streaming there i picked the wrong well,
2: also especially like i i can see if you maybe want to Val
3: Verde.
2: I can see if maybe you want to stream a quarterback if you're in a, uh, a 10 team league, 12 team league to me, there's no way to be streaming. I mean, it's just, especially if everyone's grabbing a backup, then you really don't have a whole lot that's on the, uh, you know, on the pile there to begin with. And like Stag said though, that the position is deep. So, and the goal is never to be streaming. So you can wait. Maybe you're grabbing the eighth, eighth through twelfth quarterback. You can still get potential there. And then with your second quarterback, I'll, I'm usually going after somebody who's probably, you know, in, you know, in that fifteen to seventeen range or somewhere around there. Where this year, I, I think the guys that are sitting there, it's like Jameis Winston, Tyrod Taylor, um, you know, Marcus Mariota. These type of guys are sitting there. Hell, I'd like to take a chance and have that as, as my backup guy and as a guy that, you know, can maybe maybe it's not in streaming in the sense of I'm going to change my quarterback every, every week. But here's a guy that can stream four games together for me if my quarterback's missing some time with a concussion or whatnot.
0: I mean – you know? It's all about personal preference, like everything else in your fantasy football roster. If you want the slow and steady guys, you know that's you. If you want the explosion guys, who you know you're going to lose a few weeks because they're going to put up, you know, potential goose eggs, that's you. You know, if you want to have a quarterback who you're not going to pull out of your lineup except for on a bye week, you know that's that's your prerogative. Like you could just do what you're comfortable with, do what you like, but you know the point say you you don't have sounds to. I was like. You know,
1: Sounds like me on, on, on uh red tube in the uh in the category Aww. section. What do I feel like today? Where am I going? Where am I taking this party? I'm going to go going Amy going wine, on. whatever. <laughs> I'm feeling like, I'm feeling go, like going Asian persuasion today. Tomorrow, you know, who knows? Could be a uh, 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 black milk. I It'll be know.
2: Amy Martin wine for you. <laughs> Got okay,
1: hello. It's PLV, amen, buddy.
0: Those are always <laughs> nice. It's a Valverde. So, sort of circling back, I mean, I feel like you could sort of do whatever you want at the quarterback position, but you don't have to go anyway. And I think you can definitely stream in a twelve-team league. I averaged eighteen fantasy points a week streaming out of a twelve, you know. But it just depends on your level of how much research you want to put into it. You know, what do you think is the, the
2: level of competition in yeah, your league? Yeah,
0: I mean, how many people have backup quarterbacks? That's going to matter a little bit. Because if you're choosing between 10 guys on a waiver wire or you're choosing between, you know, five, you know, maybe it's not such a great idea. So that's something you got to know about your league. But what was the second part of his question? Second
1: part of his question, of his question was um, – why does the super flex position in fantasy not get as much love as it should?
0: Cause it's new.
1: And for, you know, super flex out there, the super flex means you can play uh, every, every position, including so the basically,
0: It's because it's new and different and people don't like new and different shit. <laughs> I mean, that's basically it. Right. People are stuck in their ways. They've been playing fantasy football with two QBs, are uh, two, two running backs, three wide receivers, a quarterback, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense all their fucking lives, and that's all they know how to do, so they're not comfortable with it. They're, you know, people, you know, when they go to ESPN, when they go to CBS, when they go to Yahoo, they, people don't talk about those type of leagues. There, There's no advice for those type of leagues, you know, outside of pyro, personal questions, things like that. So people are just set in their ways, and they don't really want to, you know, adventure to new things. That's my opinion. I, I like super flex. Uh, it's different. It brings – it It makes you draft a quarterback earlier. That's for sure.
2: Well, listen, I've done two, two quarterback leagues, so where you have to start two quarterbacks. So, it's, you know, that's kind of like the super flex. And, it, it, you know, I'm in a super flex league as it stands right now um, where it's it's a 16-team league where you basically can have – but D-Rex says you want to run a run and shoot, you can go five wide receivers and no running backs. You want to go one running back and, and four wide receivers. You can do that. You want to start, you know, two tight ends, uh, and two quarter or, uh, you know, that's so there, that super flex is there. You can start two quarterbacks. You can start three tight ends. You can start, you know, it, it there's many different ways that you can fill out a combination, but I think the key to this is, um, <clears throat> you're right. There's, there's not a lot of other people that talk about these things, but, one of the, the things that we always talk about with fantasy football is that you should be, I don't do, when I'm in four different leagues, which I will be next year, pared down from once I was in wow. eight leagues is that no, no leagues are the same, right? You, you, you want to do leagues that are different. So I have my one annual league. I have a keeper league that has certain rules. I have two other dynasty leagues that have completely different rules and that's what makes it fun. So, you know, the strategy in each of those leagues is completely different. And you have to and you have to be thinking accurately to how the league is made up. But, you know, I'm a fan of the super flex. I think the, the different amounts of strategy and, and what it does, and even if you don't like the super flex, like if you played the standard league, like I always have for so long, you know, and we added with the three wide receivers and the two running backs tight end, an extra position as a flex. So you're starting, you know, that extra skill position. Wow! Now you have to, you know, it, it just created a whole lot more of ways that people approach the game. Where that extra flex position in that league, you see it being spread between running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And so that's that's pretty amazing.
1: Oh boy! We're bringing in PK Ripper. We're bringing in the PK. Is he out on the streets? Is he? Is he? He's on the streets. He's picking. <laughs> are you got someone in that back seat? Nah, Nobody in the back
3: seat yet, bro.
1: <laughs> nice what's up dude welcome to the what's blab going here, bro. On, fellas? nothing man we're right. having a good time we love this thing it's so hilarious but uh it's awesome to have you in what's going on shaking what do you that, got for man us? i was
3: just listening to you guys touch base on the flex and the super flex and i'm in a couple leagues actually and we run a lot of super flex um mostly um i run a two quarterback with a point per completion in one league with it and as well as the with the flex positions it's a five flex and then no defense no kicker with the quarterback and it's pretty awesome I like it I usually skip out on the running back because I get point per perception point per reception too so I mean I could dig it you know I like to change up too I do IDP leagues too I do a lot of different stuff I don't like to sit there and try to conform to what the mainstream is really. I like to touch base and do different things, you know?
1: I think that's getting to be more of the way people, I think people now are, have done fantasy long enough where people are getting a little bored with the same old, um, I know in a couple of leagues that I've always done kind of these more traditional, I mean, we've done, always done this rookie where you got to play a rookie. So that's like the one crazy thing we do. And we all love that because it changes draft uh, so, so much, but in general, um, We've had a tough time really opening up leagues to PPR or IDP or even keeper leagues or a super flex because, and like he, like uh, Camilo saying, uh, dynasties because we're such old friends and it's such an old league that we're we're at each other's throats already so much. It's chilled out a little bit of late because we're getting a little older, but no one wants to do anything new because everyone just wants to be a dick to each other in the league. Well,
2: the other problem that you get with that D-Rex is that you get all these old funny duddies that are in your league, right? And, so this is why I ended up getting into to seven, eight leagues at one point in time, because I wanted to do other different things, but we couldn't convince other people to make changes to the current leagues that we we're in. So then what do we do? Well, we have to start a new league and we invite half of those people in and the other people who who actually like the ideas that we were bringing up. And uh, so that's usually how that's usually why you end up playing in multiple leagues.
1: Hold on, Staggs. Before you go, I was really wishing that uh, that PK was drinking a Val Verde <laughs> there. Rolling around doing his lift Uber yeah, yeah. action, and he's like, Val I, <laughs> I
3: got to do the coffee, man. I can't drink tonight, but tomorrow night maybe.
0: <laughs> I, there you
1: go. There I just want to bring up
0: that Houdini was talking about old people in his league and used the word fuddy-duddy. So does that officially make him a fucking old person? <laughs>
3: I am but the way
2: that makes an so an old, person old person on the show. I always speak an old
1: lingo. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, oh harken back to the old <laughs> days when they were twenty-four
3: <laughs> Of
1: course, these our are old
2: sticks that you can shake a hoop skirt at. <laughs> oh oh
1: <Jesus>. boy, <laughs> I love it. So PK, dude, what else you got for us? I know you asked a, a question earlier, so let's bring it up while you're on the air. Um, we did. Oh, you actually already brought that one up. That was the was, one that was, was already brought $1. up. All right, never
3: up. mind. On that. It's all right. I got questions. Yeah. Um, just need answers, really. You know, where where do you see going? Who do you see going number one overall, as far as like any kind of out of position, really? You know, in this year,
1: is that an NFL draft or is that going We're in fantasy?
3: fantasy
1: draft. Um, you know, all right. who um, knows? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I personally will take Julio Jones or an Antonio Brown. Maybe if, if if everything just looks great and they they do they bring some sort of running situation to the Giants, maybe a, a um, ODB. I know it's OBJ. Fuck off. I do ODB Junior. No. Um, but yeah, maybe him. Um, those are my tier one wide receivers, and and I think any of them. I think all all three of those guys will will win you three to five weeks throughout the season. Win you, I mean, and hopefully, hopefully, Beckham's not a putz and is out during your playoffs next year, your championship.
2: So I'll tell you what guys that I would consider for the first overall pick of the of the draft. I mean, I'll definitely consider a Julio Jones and Antonio Brown. Um, I'm definitely going to consider a Todd Gurley. I'm definitely going to consider Le'Veon Bell um you know those type of guys there I, I i don't i love Gronk but i just i don't think that i would take him with the number 1 overall pick i think that just uh becomes too much of a risk involved there um but uh, you can make a case for Odell Beckham i think there's a couple other running backs you know you you could also make a case for a guy well i'll tell you the guy who i'll, I'll be happy to have as a as a fallback and you're talking stags earlier about uh, these running backs and and uh, you know me saying i'm i'm definitely looking at these wide receivers but If you're going to tell me coming off an injury that a Jamal Charles is going to potentially fall to me toward the end of the first round or fall into the second round, I will be very happy with the Jamal Charles at that point in time, though.
0: And my, 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 my sense on it is who's going number one so far in every draft I've done is Antonio Brown. And I've got a bunch of them. I think Antonio Brown has clearly got a couple, you know, inches on Julio Jones, just because Julio, you know, hasn't scored double digit touchdowns in a few seasons. Like where's that part of his game been? And, you know, that, that's what sort of concerns me about Julio. And I think Odell Beckham's almost, uh, you know, number two out there, but then, you know, if you're talking running back, you're talking either between, you know, Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. So I think those four players are mostly in the running and Julio's sort of number five on the list for me. Uh, I think that's sort of how it'll go. And then you'll mix in, uh, you know, Adrian Peterson, you know, right there, David Johnson, and then you'll get into the DeAndre Hopkins of the world. And that's how the first round is going to play out. It might be, you know, five wide receivers, four running backs and a tight end. If you're playing in a you know pretty standard 10-team league. And then, hell, you know, potentially if you get to 12-team leagues, you could see that six, seven, you know, wide receivers. But after after wide receiver seven, it sort of thins out for me. I don't know how far are you guys have gotten in your tiers, but it's A.J. Green is my tier seven wide receiver or number seven wide receiver. And after that, I think it's a little bit of a step down because then you're getting into the Demarius Thomas question marks of the world. And, you know, I don't think Brandon Marshall, yeah, right. no, no offense, PK, I know you're a Jets fan, but I, I don't think Brandon Marshall is going to have another insane season like that at age, what, 32, 33? I mean, I think he's going to be good. But that, that season last year was crazy.
1: And he was coming with you. At, you were getting him in the eighth round uh, last year. Or this year, it's going to be – he's moving way up, and he's going to be more of a, a fourth-rounder. Uh, so Brandon Marshall, the value won't be as, there as much. But what do you got, PK? What are you – out of those – what are you thinking with the number one well, overall? Um, as right, far as right running
3: at- back, I think, like, real sneaky play. I, I like the David Johnson kid a lot. I mean, especially in PPR, I mean, I watched him all season. I had him on my roster like halfway through the season. I picked him up. I got him in a trade. And I'll tell you what, even with – I get points on kick returns in one of the leagues that I had him in. And I'm telling you, he was consistently putting up double-digit points in those leagues. And then when he started getting the bulk of the carries, he started showing what he had. And I'll tell you, I like what I saw from him a lot. I mean, I like him even more than I like Todd Gurley. I mean, Gurley's a beast between the tackles, but Arizona seems to have more to offer on the offensive side of the ball where, you know, everything won't be the focus on hitting up Johnson. It'll be trying to take out Palmer out of the game plan, and Johnson can excel in the passing game too. I mean, really, I'm high. I'm really high on him, you know. Um, as far as overall receivers, Julio, I think, Roddy White's gone. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure coming on Julio on that side of the ball now until they write the ship with a tight end that is compatible with the game plan. Devontae Freeman is still there. You know, he could be, he's an option too. I mean, not overall, but you know, he's a good, he's a good fit, you know, but Julio definitely ODB. Uh, You know, the thing is with him is you're waiting for the fall off. You know what I mean? he's, He's good, but is the fall off going to come this season, or not? You know, but Antonio Brown is the safest play, I think. You know, as far as getting consistent, but real quick,
2: ODB love or hate? Is that because you're a Jet fan?
3: No, no, no. I ran ODB brought me a championship the year before or last, so <laughs> I mean, I love ODB. But when I got to that 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 twelve thirteen turn, I didn't take him. I took Julio and Demarius and. Ended up trading out Demarius later in the season for Calvin Johnson, who ended up playing well enough for me to win a championship again. So, I mean, I I, I could have took ODB and been just fine, but I would have missed him in that playoff game, and maybe I wouldn't have been sitting here with back to back titles.
1: That shows you what fantasy does. I bleed green, but ODB <laughs> made me bleed blue for one day when he won. Hey, the Josh Gordon did it
3: to me too, so I can't. You know, I rode him too, and I I don't like the brownies too much, but yeah, Brendan Marshall, man. If we touch on, I, I I don't I don't see much of a fall off. I I think Decker on the other side of him, and let's see what um you know, Devin Smith can bring to the picture if he could stay healthy. Maybe a Jay Samaro return. God forbid that happens, but um I mean Fitzpatrick has shown that if he can don't turn the ball over he could be more than a serviceable quarterback and get those receivers the ball, especially in the red zone. Cause they were like one of the top teams in the red zone last
0: year. The question is for sure. They exactly. pretty much got to resign Fitzpatrick, or else, you know, gonna yeah, you he's know. Not going to see. you got to have money to do these things. I mean, you know, he might want to go back to the Texans. Who knows? There's, there's all these sort of options out there and you know, you're Fitzpatrick's you got a lot of cards in your hand. Uh, you know, you're holding all the cards right now, so you're going to get you're gonna get paid. Yep.
1: Especially after Sam Bradford gets that kind of money and that kind of guaranteed yesterday. Uh, right, we, there, right when that happened, Fitzmagic was like, Honey, come over here. Give me a blowjob. We're about to be <laughs> real rich. Oh,
3: man. Now, Fitzpatrick, he's got that comfort in the Changeli system. I think he stays. I mean... Why, why would you go anywhere else? Your bread is buttered here. You're going to be walking into the starting job. you got two great receivers out there who you could throw the ball to. You're familiar with the offense. I don't see him going anywhere. I think the priority really is to get Fitzpatrick signed and try to get a, a decent running back behind him because I don't know if they're going to be able to keep Ivory and Powell
0: either. Here, here's the philosophical question. Do oh, you want one loaf of bread and butter? Or do you want ten loaves of bread? <laughs> Cause that dude wants the bread, and he wants to get paid.
1: Like, <laughs> he's—I—I I think he's sticking around. I agree. I think the, he's in—he's in the big city, big market. He's got a few years left. He can make a shitload of money with the Jets, and then be around in New York. This is the kind of guy that—why not? Big market, had a great season, great opportunity. And from what I'm reading, I'm hearing the Jets are going to grab a running back in the draft. They're going to go with it. They're going to grab that injury. They If, if, if uh, Elliott drops and the old adage that the running back is undervalued and he doesn't go super high, the Jets would love yep. to snag him. So I like, I think the opportunity is too good. I do think your comment about the Texans could ring true because they're actually pretty stocked right now too, but. Why not? I think he's sticking in with the Jets. He'll make a crap load of money and they need they need that. They need to not have the waters uh, ruffled in that position right now and have to be going in with Geno Absolutely. Smith right now. That is not the way the fandom in the city of the uh, Jets uh, you know, favorites. They don't need that. They just need Fitzmagic. Pay the guys money. Let's do it and let's let's take it to the next level. My fear and you're going to hate this PK but <laughs> Damn, is, is 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 Marshall Marshall gonna ruin the locker room this year or next year?
3: Well, I don't think he'll ruin the locker room as long as he gets his targets right and long as he's getting his play time. <laughs> I mean, look at him; he's done well last year, and he likes the the media market in New York. He gets to do his Inside the NFL show, and he only has to go down the block to get there. I mean, come on, and he's 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 got a big time ego, and he fits the New York bill to a T. I don't think. I think like he said, this is his last stop, and I, I, I don't think he'll ruin the locker room at all. Because I mean, look in the beginning of last season how he was roommates with Gino and everything. Then when Gino went down and Fitzpatrick came up, Brandon bought in. He went right with Fitzpatrick, and
1: he was yeah. roommates with
0: Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Imagine that. Bob, on that you know,
3: it now. Takes <laughs> to look at him and throw the ball his way. He loved Cutler when he threw the ball his way, but when he didn't. And he started looking at Jeffrey more. Then that's when the sour grapes started. I think. Could talk? I
2: agree. Well, but you got to remember here in Chicago. You got to remember here in Chicago. You have Jay Cutler who actually brought Brandon Marshall in, stood up for Marshall beyond belief, and then Marshall stabbed him in the back on his way out of town. So <laughs> the thing is. Brandon Marshall may say that this is his last stop. Yeah, if he has anything to say about it. But if it gets to the point where Brandon Marshall be, is Brandon Marshall, uh, little a little uh, Terrell Owens, I got to be Misa Me, and starts breaking things up inside the locker room, he may find himself being shipped out somewhere else, maybe to Cleveland. Yeah, but
3: he has yet know. to show that here. So I'm not really concerned with it until he starts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All
1: right, PK, man, it's been awesome. It's been awesome having you pop in. We're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna close this out and get back to some of these other questions if you don't mind, my friend. And I uh, just wanna I let, you. Just, just wanna let you know we appreciate your uh, your representation for Pyro. There's not a guy out there on social media that's that's hitting us up with great great stuff and liking and forwarding and retweeting. So we really appreciate it, buddy. You're a, you're a pyro to the highest degree. No no doubt about it. You guys
3: are my pyro people. No doubt,
1: brother. The king of the picture posts. All right, my friend. We love you, dude. Have a good night. Go make that yes, money. Sir. Later, Ripper. Cheers, brother.
0: Later.
1: All right. That was awesome. I love that guy. Right. I mean, seriously, that's the first time I've ever really had a face-to-face <laughs> conversation with them which is amazing cuz on social media I'm talking to that guy every day every day okay. right
2: sex. I always have a movie quote line like for everything that guy well, I have, well, I have the movie quote line oh, so yeah, yeah, got yeah. The picture responses oh, for yeah. every one of your posts mean life
0: meme mean life they are, uh, they are the best so, so sort of circling back around do we got any other questions no. we want to hit cuz I'd really like to hit these wide receivers and not talk about the tight ends in the draft cuz I don't care
2: <laughs>
0: well,
2: Here's one question. Here's a question from uh, from uh, Cameolo. How good could David Johnson be in dynasty? Uh, when you can well, give players contracts and extensions? It, now,
0: it, if he's you want to take up first, or anything take... like Bruce Arians, he can be one of the greatest of all time. <laughs>
2: I, I look at him as this, okay. The, the, the thing with running backs in these dynasty leagues, especially when you can give contracts, is that you know more often than not in my history, and I've been doing long-term contract leagues since 2004, is that the guys that you end up giving the, the four or five-year contracts to are usually the guys that become albatrosses on your on your roster. Um, you know, and luckily if you're lucky enough to be in a league where, you know, you can give them a contract and then if, uh, you know, we have the ability where you can franchise tag one player on your team. So, I don't like to be in a situation where I'm locking myself in. I'll, I'll never forget the ultimate mistake. Fell in love with Deuce McAllister when uh, he was a saint and was like having the, the amazing run. And a guy signed him to a five-year contract, and I'm like, we got to trade for this guy. i got to trade for this guy. i got to do whatever i got to do to make sure that he's on my roster for the next five years, and then it just all fell apart. Um, you know, I went into the same situation where I signed a Mike Wallace to a 5-year deal which I just had to cut out of it last year. Ask you a question, so, Houdini, ask you you were in
1: uh you took a vacation down to New Orleans last weekend. Did you go to Deuce McAllister's? Yep. No, I did not. I wish I would have known where I could have gotten those. Yeah, it was right across from Mr. B's. I was walking by and it's like Deuce McAllister Steakhouse. I was like, "Deuce." That's I was, I was I,
2: across I, the street, but I was at the Carousel Bar across the street drinking. Uh, what's what's that crazy whiskey drink? The uh, San uh, Sangaritas or whatever they they're called down there. It's only six hurricane? bars that sell it. No, not the hand grenade. Hand grenade, hurricane.
1: No, it's a whiskey drink. It's a whiskey drink. Did you? Quick question. While we're on this conversation, did you go to Pat O'Brien's? No, did not go to Pat O'Brien's. <laughs> it's actually cool outside there.
2: I, I, we went so many different him. places, I but I uh, kind of like it. I like I like the Frenchman area with the, the best.
1: That was that was awesome. That's right up your alley. All right, uh, Deuce McAllister, love here, love here uh, so, in So, my advice for David Johnson
2: is, I I don't like to give a guy more than a three year contract. I think for three years, I think then you're solid. You're getting the 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 prime value of a running back at that point in time, um, and then if you have the ability to franchise him afterward, then that's what you do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really like David Johnson's you know short-term prospects. Uh, you know, he's just a he's a good guy. He, he could do it all. He's got the size to score touchdowns. He, what he scored twelve of them between you know, uh, rushing and receiving last season. He's got the ability to run in between the tackles. He's got game-breaking, you know, speed to the out. I mean, he's not the burner, but he he showed he was able to break some. Like he didn't necessarily think he was going to, but he had some long-distance touchdowns. So, you know, he sort of got a whole sort of package. Uh, he he gave him a five-year contract, so uh, the previous owner did. So I guess you're going to deal what you got to do, but I, I like David Johnson long-term, but along with any running back, you know, he's still in his rookie deal. So you got that going for you. The offensive line was much improved there last season. So as long as Carson Palmer's around, he's going to be a good value, but, you know, Whatever their bridge to the next quarterback is, that's going to make a big difference for this guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. So looks like the previous owner gave him a five. Is I wonder if that's if he's meaning five year contract. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that's one of those things that if you trade for him and you got him now, that's not a bad thing. Just just don't expect to hold on to a guy for the whole five years of the contract. I'd say. You ride out one or two good years, and if you can turn that into another trade where you can flip him for more, go ahead or, and do it. Yeah, a
0: young wide receiver, you know, where you got a little yeah, bit something. more safety. Uh, so sort of moving on, you guys want to talk about wide receivers from the draft? Uh, sure. You know, there's some guys, you know, Laquan Treadwell is the pretty much consensus number one overall – our number one overall prospect at the position. Uh, he's an interesting sort of guy. He didn't run at the combine, but he measured in, you know, he's a big dude. We knew that about them. He's, he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy to bring down. He's got yak ability. He's going to be one of those guys. That's very, very interesting sort of coming down the pipe here. So I I really like it. Uh, I like him depending on what team he ends up on. I mean, if he ends up with, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick led San Francisco 49ers team. I don't love that. I mean, just thinking about who's sort of there, I mean, he can't throw the ball and, you know, what's he going to, he's not going to be a slot receiver for Chip Kelly. So I don't know, he's not the burner either. So I don't really see that as a fit. So besides that, you're talking about, you know, maybe the Rams with no quarterback or, you know, that, that's the question is fits going to be a major thing with that guy.
1: Yeah, that's why that's why I kind of like uh Corey Coleman a little bit more. I think he could be a plug and play guy immediately. And some of the mock drafts from experts and draft people uh I don't know what happened to Houdini. Houdini got knocked out. The old lady told him he had to shut it down. Come back to bed, honey. You're, you're done. You're done with those fantasy nerds. Uh, but that's why I like um, uh, Coleman. I think he's a slot kind of guy where you can – or a, a guy you can plug in anywhere. But uh, seeing one of the experts uh, earlier uh, today on, on his mock uh, – what's the guy's name? Uh, basically uh, – oh, yeah, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, who I love. I like that guy on the NFL Network. He's, he he, he, he's, he slings it straight. He's one of my favorites. He's basically got Coleman as the first wide receiver off the board going to the Eagles.
0: Interesting. I don't see it. Uh, You don't see it? I I like I
1: would love that.
0: I mean, I don't think the Eagles are gonna reach out and sign a wide receiver after taking one in the first round last year, especially another small 510-ish guy who's you know on the leaner side. I I just don't see that working out. If if they go wide receiver and it's everybody's on the board, like maybe they go treadwell, but I don't see them going wide receiver. I, I just don't think that's a need for them. I think they're gonna try and remake their team to where they're you know, they've got a pretty strong defensive front. So they they need to remake the secondary a little bit. And then if they slow the game down, this team could be pretty good. But speaking of just wide receivers in general, you know, I'm worried about Laquan Treadwell's long speed, and it depends where he lands. So if that matters, like I, if he ended up with Chip Kelly, I think it would matter because he'd have to play a big slot position similar to Jordan Matthews. Uh, and, you know, if Bolden's there, I think they're sort of similar type players. Like, they've sort of got the same skill set. They do the dirty work. They're good after the catch. But they're never going to average, like, 18 yards of catch. They're not going to average 15 plus. They're going to be more of the possession type guys at 12 or 13 yards. So, you know, the most interesting guy to me in this draft at wide receiver is Josh Doxon, uh from TCU. Because he, he's not a burner per se, but he's got adequate size. He just seems he to me like right. he's... He
1: went 4-5. He ran yeah, okay.
0: He reminds me a lot of Alshon, in all honesty. But I haven't seen that low loafer mentality. Alshon. <laughs> I haven't seen that loafer mentality out of him, so I've got that going for me. But he just catches the ball so well over his shoulder. And in, in tight spaces... He was the absolute best wide receiver making contested catches in the NCAA last year. So I really like his ability to just step in from day one and be a sort of, you know, 800, eight touchdown type of guy who can get deep occasionally, but who can run a variety of routes. I I just like his ability to do a lot of different things. I really like him at the end of the first round to where he could potentially end up with a... Yo, know, a better passing team. And that's what that does. I sort of hope every good wide receiver ends up in the late first round where passing teams are better.
1: Well, stags, watch out. There's a clicking sound happening a little bit from the headset. So uh watch out for that. Uh yeah, no, I agree. I, I think in I was reading that uh article that you sent to me and that we retweeted um of uh Matt. What's his last name?
0: Matt Harmon uh, uh underscore BYB on Twitter. Uh it's called Reception Perception it's great. one of the great. best it's one of the best sort of articles out there in terms of you're looking at wide receivers either in the NFL or in in the uh college football ranks. He does great work just on how these guys line up. So when you're looking at Corey Coleman, he's going to be a slot guy. When you're looking at, you know, Sterling Shepard, he's going to be another slot guy. And Sterling Shepard's another guy I really really like. Uh he's a Julian Edelman type, but you know, more advanced. So he's a guy who can come in, sort of from day one. And if he goes to the right team, he could be a you know high catch guy. He could maybe do a Kendall Wright type of role uh, early in his career. He catches 80 passes, uh, and just provides some. You know, instant offense out of the slot, you know, a little bit out of the backfield. You know, he's he's got that returner ability and he could do things after the catch. He's got that Golden Tate. He's got great hands like he doesn't drop anything. Yeah, he's got some problems, you know, making some contested catches, which is something you're going to you know want to look forward to and hope he progresses on. Uh, then, then just other guys at the wide receiver position, you know, I'm interested in. You know, th- there's plenty of decent prospects here. There's no guy I'm going to like sell my ranch for like even Laquan Treadwell, who's a Chicago guy. So, you know, he's got that that sort of thing with us where he's a Chicago guy. He's a hard worker. He's going to go out there. He's going to bust his ass. He's got that ability to make Des Bryant like contested catches and, you know, Des Bryant like ability after the catch. But the question is, is he going to be able to separate enough? You know, he didn't really have a problem with that in college. So we'll see how it happens in the NFL. It seems like a lot of maybe wide receiver twos, uh possession types, rather than, you know, the guys we've been used to seeing over the last couple of years where there's seven first round wide receivers drafted. Like I'd be surprised if more than three wide receivers are drafted this season. Uh absolutely surprised. Um in the first round? In the first round. The first round. Uh it just seems like something that's unlikely to happen. Uh I mean, maybe you could push for four just depending on a team with a need late there. But, hey, you know, if Josh D- Dotson ends up with a, a better team because of it, great. We'll see.
1: Well, Fuller, because of his running time, and he's obviously a, a good talent as well. Um, no.
0: No. He can't no, no. catch.
1: <laughs> I hear you, dude, but people like that. If, if, if friggin', um Oh, God, I don't know why I always forget his name because he's so Ted on the Gingrich. guy. No, the dude from last year that was a first-rounder that didn't play one game for the Ravens. I'm sorry. Uh, Rashad Perriman? Perriman. I always Brett. I always want to call him Brett Perriman, but if paraman can uh, sneak in in the first round because of his 40-time uh, at the Combine, Fuller's going to do the same exact thing. I'm not saying it's going to be great, but I think if he gets in the first round, Doxon gets in the first round, Corey Coleman gets the first round Latred uh Freed, um sorry oh, whatever uh and then who would be the other uh first round guy there uh yeah, maybe not maybe that's
0: about it I mean, there's four guys, maybe max I could see to go in there. I mean, I guess I could see a team late taking a Mike Thomas out of Ohio State just because he's more of a sort of finished product. And you know what he's going to do well in sort of a high-volume offense. He's a great blocker outside. So, you know, some teams value that sort of thing. And some teams want sort of an instant impact wide receiver, and he might be a guy who does that.
1: Um. All right. Well, let's uh, let's not talk about tight ends. Let's ask. Uh, let's go to some uh, some questions. Or actually, let's talk about some NFL news right now. We were talking about Colin Kaepernick earlier. You know, we're actually coming back on our first podcast. Uh, it was nice. We took a little break here. We um, was it two weeks or three weeks? We took off.
0: Couple. I, think it was three.
1: I made. I, I thought we were taking two, and I was like, "Yeah, we'll start up again on the second of March." And then I looked like a week later. I'm like, "That's three weeks." Uh, but that was all that that was good times. We deserved it. What a long season these seasons are and for us, uh like you give you take my hat off to you stag party uh you know working your butt off right now on the draft kit uh there's really no off season so it was great to have some time off uh but some of the news that's been going on over the last three weeks This week, Kaepernick, right when you thought, right before the combine started, right when you thought that Chip Kelly was talking, saying, hey, I like his skill set, I like the ability, Kaepernick comes out and says, hey, I want to be traded. His agent came out and said, hey, 49ers, Kaepernick wants, we want permission to be able to talk to somebody else. And what I was reading is the fact that Chip Kelly, people that know Chip Kelly, was never a fan of Ka- Kaepernick. And this agent knew it, and Kaepernick knew it, so they're trying to figure out a new situation. Do you think there's anything there with some of the talk that maybe the Texans would want him? There's been talk that, that the Broncos want him. There's talk that, what, what do you think can happen there? I know you're not the biggest Kaepernick fan, but do you think he's staying put? Or is he heading to a team that's actually got a good situation for him?
0: I like his situation most in San Francisco uh, where they allow him to run the zone read and allow him to run. I I don't know if that's going to be the situation. They might have it in Denver where he runs a little bit of bootleg and stuff out of the Gary Kubiak sort of system, you know, sort of in the, maybe if they can pull back the reins a little bit, try to get him to play a Jake Plummer like game. But I I don't see very much. Like, I don't see why Houston would want him. Like, If you look at the sort of Houston offense, it's a quick, precise passing offense. Uh, And Kaepernick has one of the slowest deliveries out there and Mm -hmm. is just not an accurate passer. So it just doesn't seem to be a fit for me. Uh, You know, just in terms of pure, pure fantasy goodness, you're thinking Chip Kelly running a, you know, Darren Thomas, Marcus Mariota style Oregon offense out there. Is going to be a better fit for Kaepernick than anything. Somebody's got to play to Kaepernick's strengths. Uh, and when you know Jim Harbaugh left, and they used to do that a little bit more than they did, you know, last year, somebody's got to play to his strengths, or else, you know, how can he end up with the Denver Broncos with that contract? I know it's a year-by-year deal, but you're not going to trade for him, cut him, and then restructure. Like, I, I don't see how he ends up with the Broncos. I don't think there's, you know, very many options for Kaepernick.
1: Here's Houdini calling back in. Uh, what about
0: the Rams? I mean, maybe. I mean, you got fucking Nick Foles and you know, Case Keenum. Not Nothing good about that. There's nothing good about Nick Foles and Case Keenum. Colin Kaepernick might be an upgrade. But they're still like, I mean, it'd be great for Todd Gurley. <laughs> That's all I could say about it. It wouldn't be great for anybody else. No, it's true. He, one thing he'd be
1: able to hand Gurley the ball out on the edge real well. He'd be able to sneak out there with those long arms and that speed. Houdini, welcome back, buddy. I know you said your computer froze, but I'm thinking you just put your dog and your wife to bed and gave him a little put them put them to sleep. No,
2: that um, was every time I kept, I kept, I kept leaving from the uh, from before it was like that was to get the dog out of here who was like beeping on his little toy. So uh, no, this one was a, uh, a horrible spinning ball freeze. Uh, so I came back to it. You guys started talking about. Colin Kaepernick going to play for
1: the Rams. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, we were just talking about some we we popped in on some news. We're done talking about the wide receivers in the uh in the combine and we're just going to see that. <laughs> right now, you know, uh the, the the fact is right before the combine with Kaepernick saying that he wants to be traded, when I thought it's like I thought what everyone thought. Okay, Jesus Christ. Considering the guy is sat on the sidelines, trolling around like a character out of uh Sideshow Bob or uh, no, Well, it's the other uh, SpongeBob? Uh, he's, he looks <laughs> like the guy that that owns the uh, the burger place. Uh, <laughs> Krabby Patties? <laughs> yeah, Krabby Patties. He's got that Krabby Patty on her nose. That's probably. It's one of uh, PK Ripper's probably done a, a Mimi with that one. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> so, I I don't like Colin Kepernick's Prospects. I mean, I, he's got to end up with the right thing, but do you trust Jeff Fisher? I mean, I guess Jeff Fisher has had his most success in his career with mobile quarterbacks, with Steve McNair. And that's the, yeah. Well, and
3: well,
0: I mean, that's the only hope you have, I guess, but I, I think Cal, Colin Kaepernick should just eat, eat some shit and, you know, get I it. Said, to, uh, <laughs>
1: You wanted wanted to say it, then you stopped, then you went back to it.
0: Uh, (laughs) He just needs to eat his fucking words, go back, bow down to Chip Kelly, and be the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. It's what he needs to do.
1: I agree. Take off the friggin' Dre Beats headphones, talk to your teammates, and suck it up and see if you can actually turn a career out of this because, in my opinion – before, oh God! Before they had to do that uh, in the Super Bowl. If he had run the ball in that first down play, he would have scored a touchdown to the left. He would be a Super Bowl champion, and everything would have been different. But instead, the stupid idiot threw a dumb pass, and then went twice. Uh, I'm done with it. I'm a forty. I was left after that. He just had to run it. It was so open. It was so open. Just run it. You're a running quarterback. Let, let's 70.
0: hit these mailbag
2: questions. This is the only difference you would get, though. The only difference is that we would be saying now, Colin Kaepernick is a, another one of these among the, the, the one-time uh, quarterbacks to win a
1: Super Bowl who were not a good quarterback. Hello, Trent Dilfer. I don't disagree with that, or it would be like a Len Bias story. Colin Kaepernick died of cocaine the night of celebrating after the Super Bowl win. So maybe
2: So maybe losing was the best thing that ever happened to him.
1: True. Not the best thing that happened to me as a Niner fan. And my wallet as being in Vegas watching the game and putting a crap load of
0: money on it. Oops.
1: All right, what else we got? Should we? Uh, let me ask a question here from Facebook. Let's,
0: let's hit the mailbag.
1: Let's mail hit a mailbag.
0: Mail, mail, mail time. What, what see, else do we call it? You know, bags? What's that?
1: Uh, nothing. Just an Ace Ventura I, line.
0: I, I yeah. just want to turn my heat back on, you know. It's kind of cold out here. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. And you're ugly. Uh, Jared Tabor. All right. That's our boy. We're going in here. And he says, what do you think is Arian Foster's fantasy outlook for this coming year? I drafted him last year in the fourth round of a keeper league last season. I'm very weak at running back. And my only other potential running back keeper would be someone who everyone just loves sarcasm. CJ Anderson. CJ would be a 14th round keeper if I chose to keep
0: him. I am no doubt keeping CJ Anderson over Arian Foster. Like, there, there's not a question in my mind. Like, I'd much rather throw a 14th round lotto ticket at the wall than a fourth round one who might not even be on the Texans by the time this show is over. Like, uh, what about Derrick t-
1: Henry? Derrick Henry, they're saying that, that the Broncos might like him. Some of the mock drafts I'm seeing, I'm seeing Henry going to the Broncos.
0: I'd still prefer C.J. Anderson as a halftime play in a 14th round pick <laughs> to Arian Foster coming off an Achilles. And he might not even have, have a team to play for next week. I, who knows where Arian Foster's going to be? Like the fourth round value, 14th value. I could take a guy in the 14th value who's going to have a lot less value than C.J. Anderson. And even if C.J. Anderson is just the passing game back, he is a more just pure value standpoint. I've got to go C.J. Anderson. Well, you're 100% correct, Staggs. 14th round versus
2: the fourth round is is one thing. And the other thing is that we're not talking Arian Foster of four years ago or five years ago. We're talking Arian Foster of this current vintage, which is constantly injured, uh, putting up great points when he's in games, but is unable to string together usually about more than five or six games at this point in time. So I I don't – I don't. I don't look at it as any question. You're still going to have better upside with CJ Anderson. Look what he was doing at the end of the season last year. Uh, once Ronnie Hillman became completely ineffective, uh, he went from averaging being a guy that was averaging about you know three three point one yards a carry to being averaging almost six yards a carry and. All of this was, you know, they just weren't giving him the ball enough. Then as we get into the playoffs and as we talked about what they were going to need to do in the Super Bowl against the tough Carolina team, they gave him the ball 20 times. He basically was the offensive MVP of that team. And without Peyton Manning and everything else, you are going into an offense run by Gary Kubiak, which is the same offense that Arian Foster thrived in in his younger days in his career.
0: Absolutely. And there's also this point. Can you draft Arian Foster in the fourth round? Can you draft C.J. Anderson in the 14th? No. Because one of those is going to happen, and the other one's not. So that that's the way I go.
1: I like Foster uh, as as potentially – we'll see what happens, see if he's with the team, see how he's feeling. But I like him as a value pick. The same way I did last year, I thought he was a value pick, but he got re-injured, so it's, it seems to just happen. You're right, Houdini. He can't string a five-game uh, five back-to-back uh, situation. There's no question about it, but I can see – that being on the minds of a lot of drafters and Arian Foster, if he's in Houston and he's the number one back, still slipping. And again, I'll, I'll take, I'll take it, I'll take, I'll roll the dice on him in the in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. I know that's crazy, and just say, give me five games, give me six games, give me seven games. Because when he's in there, he's he's a stud, but he's not going to play a whole season for you, and that's fine. To be honest, I know that's crazy, but I'll draft a depth deep enough team where if he if I can slot him in my starting lineup for half the season, six games, I know he's going to perform.
2: I, I don't. I I agree with you, but I don't think you're grabbing him in the fourth round. I I, I would say that you know at this point in time, you got to look at him as late fifth, sixth round pick. At that point in time, that's I where I would take
1: be. him in the fourth round. I don't think anyone. I think he's going to go later. If I said yeah. I would take him in the fourth round, I don't. I, I'm not. That would be basically my running back one. I don't want to be my running back one, but I think he slides. <laughs> I think he slides. <laughs> last year I drafted him, I think, in the sixth round in one league, but w- that's because he was not coming back at the beginning of this. What did he miss, the first five games or something last year?
0: Yeah. Had that uh, hamstring injury. So, I mean, it's a torn a Achilles. Funny. That's a serious injury. He's a pain
1: in the ass, but he's a, he's Alshon Jeffrey. When he plays, he's sick. When he doesn't, he's. He, he's, he's, he's he's what you would think. Yep.
0: On to the next one.
1: Um. Okay. Let's go to the next question. Boom. All right. We're going here. All right. We got some good stuff here. We might have already answered some of this stuff, but this is Abdullah Al Latif, our boy Facebook. Thanks, homie, for answering asking this question. He says. Um, we, we already talked about this, but let's quickly go through it again. Um, Azekiel Elliott, if he lands with an ideal team, where is he the bell cow? Uh, what's an idea round, ideal round to take him?
0: Ideal? The 15th. <laughs> <That's Yeah. right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, what, What's an idea of a
1: round that he would be taking in, I guess?
0: I, I think it'll be the third round if he ends up with Dallas or so, but I mean, the thing is, we got to see what the ADP turns out to be, because I, if he ends up with Dallas, I will rank him running back nine or you know running back ten, right in that range. That's where he will start for me, and it might be too low, but I haven't seen him play it down in the NFL, and that's as high as that's as big as my ball sack is. What can I say? <laughs> I,
2: yeah, I think I think the idea right now that I have, we'll, we'll see if he's if he is going to be a, a third round, a second third round type pick. Um, I think it's, again, it's, it's just too much of a risk uh, to jump that high with a, a rookie guy that you're going to base your team and said that you're basically my number, you're my running back one,
0: unless I went for a running back in the first round. So, But here's what we could do, Houdini. Like just looking at third round running backs, like you get to a certain point and it's just ugly. So it's like you, you get round, to the third round and it's Eddie Lacy. It's, so, Eddie Lacy or Ezekiel Elliott on the Cowboys. Yeah,
2: or I'll take, uh, you know. <clears throat> LaShawn McCoy. Jordan, I'll take Jordan Matthews for a wide receiver for for three. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: That's fine. But, I mean, just, okay, over these names, so we'll play. Who would you rather have? Eddie Lacy <laughs> or Ezekiel Elliott on the Dallas Cowboys?
2: Elliott. Uh, it, uh, especially once I see what happens with the draft and I see that the green Bay drafts, another running back. And then I would say, okay, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, but at the same time, I'm just going to have a hard time investing any type of that high of a, uh, of a draft pick into a rookie running back. I mean, I want to take my rookie running backs as steals and, and and not draft the Melvin Gordon's that everyone did last year and and have the failures from that. I want to draft the guys that people are who drafted David Johnson in the 14th and 15th rounds and found the gem there. That that, that that's what I'd rather
1: do. That's smart. Can,
0: can you stop pissing in my Cheerios and play either well, or? Like <laughs> Okay. So, LaShawn McCoy or Ezekiel Elliott. I don't want I don't want LeSean McCoy on my team regardless. Elliott. So, it's
2: like, you know, just answer the fucking question. <laughs> No, I can't answer it because I can't. I'm not. I, I can't make a judgment on Ezekiel Elliott until I see what uh, what he actually is in the NFL. And I'll tell you that I don't like Lashawn McCoy, and he'll probably go to jail and get suspended for a few games anyway.
1: I'm having I'm having a deja vu with you two guys right now. Probably <laughs> I'm in the same room with you when when this happens.
0: Houdini just doesn't like playing either or. I, I don't want either. <laughs> like just pick one like what's so hard about picking between Lamar Miller and Ezekiel Elliott like well, then I'll take Lamar Miller
2: oh we got were were like. you can't you gotta give me all the guys that are just
0: crap and I can't compare them to I don't know Matt Forte this is who's going in the third round currently Matt Forte or Ezekiel Elliott I, I I'd probably still take
2: Matt Forte because I'll take the proven what I what I know he hasn't really had that much of a drop-off yet
0: okay Thomas Rawls or Ezekiel? Elliott? A- I'm going Thomas Rawls. Either. I'm going Thomas Rawls. Latav- seen, yeah. Latavius Murray or Ezekiel Elliott? Latavius Murray. I've seen it. I think you're insane. What did we really? See? What did we really, What did we really see from Latavius Murray? That was. I'm a big Murray supporter, but did he uh, do okay. anything that was great? No, I want a I'm, lot of carries. Okay, <laughs> exactly what you saw
2: out of him, and I'm going to make my point for why I'm going wide receivers early on. Because the fact is Latavius Murray ended up – wasn't he a top 10 running back when it was all said and done? Give or take, yeah. Give or take. That's a top 10 running back? And you're telling me that I need to be, like, going g- – guffawing over uh, – yeah, there's another old-term word for bad. you. Over over, over freaking uh, Ezekiel Elliott? Come on. There's nothing there that, I, that, I'm, that I'm, that's driving me to be like, oh, my God, this is the guy who's the next coming of, of, of a running back position. No. That happened a year ago, and that was Todd Gurley. So – you know, with all those type of guys of Latavius Murray, so that's a, that's a top 10 to 15 running back. Congratulations. I don't,
1: they're all garbage. There is something to say though. If this guy, if, if he shows up and is on the, the Cowboys, I mean, obviously the discussion here is that they take the Cowboys take him, which who knows they, the Cowboys probably think they can wait and they'll grab Henry uh, later, but there's so many seasons in fantasy football where that, that juggernaut of a rookie is that difference maker. And you saw it with uh, ODBJ Jr., you saw it with Randy Moss. You've seen it with I mean Gurley. He was too in, he was too hot and then cooled off. He did he didn't he didn't end the the program the way he started. So it wasn't a, a complete season and he missed the first three games as well. But um there's a big thing with certain rookies that come out and just have the great situation and are ready to go. And I don't know. I think that Elliott, if he's on the Cowboys in, in that situation, could be that guy. And if I'm going wide receiver, wide receiver, and I think Staggs is what you're pointing to, and it's between like, yeah, this guy is your number one or the maybe with this dude, I'm, ta- I'm taking the chance.
2: All I'm saying is, is that Ezekiel Elliott looks this good because of the lack of greatness in this draft around him. So comparatively, he looks better. But if you're going to compare him now to all these NFL backs, I'm going to put it in question. And the other thing that you have to keep in mind is where Dallas had the best offensive line two years ago for DeMarco Murray, that line did not look that great last year. And we're not doing a good job of protecting the quarterback and why Romo got hurt. So, you know, to think that all of a sudden all these things stay the same throughout, they don't. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, they were still the best run-blocking unit in the league. They got Darren McFadden over 1,000 yards, and Darren McFadden's a bum. Uh, first of all, Dallas is not sold on Darren McFadden, uh, as are the Raiders are not sold on Latavius Murray. Uh, the Raiders are supposed to be a team that's going to go out there and draft a running back, whether it's a third-down compliment or an early-down bruiser, and they can use uh, Latavius Murray as a third-down back. They're not sure what they want to do, but they know they want to bring somebody else in in the draft to have a little competition with Latavius Murray because they weren't sold on his ability to run the ball between the tackles uh, and his ability to run the ball you know, 18-plus times a game because that's when he was you know, least efficient. When he was getting the ball, you know, fifteen touches rather than twenty, he was much better. Uh so they're not sold on Latavius Murray. That's one of the things that, you know, has me believing that they're going out there to you know draft somebody. And the thing is eventually, Houdini, you've got to draft a running back, no matter how many receivers you have on your team. (laughs) I'm not saying
2: that I'm not going to draft a running back. I'm just saying that I'm not going to be running up into the second second or third round to draft Ezekiel Elliott to draft a running back. And you're also – you want to put questions to me about where Latavius Murray and all these other situations are. I can't answer a lot of these until I see where these teams actually draft and who they draft. Now, if they bring in competition, now that's going to change my view on a lot of things. But – as you're yeah. asking me here today, as we sit here today before the draft has actually happened, I will take Latavius Murray over with him. I will take Lamar Miller over him because at least I know what I'm getting.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, drafting today in like an MFL 10 environment and having this kind of guy there is, is a little different. So, yeah, I, I could definitely agree with that. Uh, but basically, if Ezekiel Elliott had came out last year, he would have been a close second to, you know, uh, Todd Gurley. He would have been drafted over Melvin Gordon. So we keep bringing up a Melvin Gordon comp to where he went to a place with an awful offensive line. Uh, and, yeah, he was Melvin Gordon was fairly good, except for the fact he didn't score a fucking touchdown. And didn't
2: break a big run, didn't show any of the stuff that he showed. <laughs> he, I mean, he broke some big let's runs. Go the
1: let's go to the next question. This is still from our boy uh, A.A.L um who do you like more Lamar Miller or Doug Martin especially due to free agency
2: well okay so here you go I like both of these guys okay so here are two running what a cop guys. out <laughs> no no but who do I like better I'd say I'd say right now um you know I I, I kind of like Doug Martin better because I think that it, that if he ends up I, I think it'd be better for him if he ends up staying in Tampa Bay. Uh, because I think with the growth of, of that offense and all those young players and having Jameis Winston and Mike Evans couldn't be any worse uh, than he was last year, so he's going to have to have a bounce-back year. Um, and, and Austin Saffir and Jenkins finally being healthy and giving all those things. You have weapons that, that are there around him. I think Miami has been... It, they're the anomaly because it's like it, it's, it's another new offense for everyone to learn there now that Adam Gase is in town. Um, everything just keeps changing and is, is in constant flux. So I, I would say that uh, – and both are young quarterbacks, right? So I, I'd say that at this point in time, as long as is Doug Martin staying in Tampa Bay, that's absolutely the guy who I would want. Um, you know, if he ends up going somewhere to a bad situation – you know, then then for sure Lamar Miller is the, is the, is the way to go.
0: I mean, the thing is – think- Where where
1: does he land, though? Where Do, do you think Miller's going to be on Miami, or is there, are you guys hearing or thinking that he's going to be on another team? And the same goes for Doug Martin, who today I'm reading the Niners are trying to go after.
2: Well, see, okay, if the Niners go get Doug Martin, then I'm not liking Doug Martin. Wow, Chip now- Kelly did. Hey, listen, but Jim, if if Doug Martin ends up going somewhere like New England, right, instead of your forte ends up happening there, if he ends up going there, well, I I think I like Doug Martin a lot there in New England as well, even though it's always a timeshare situation.
0: Take out both landing spots. It doesn't matter what team they are on. Which running back would you rather have? Martin. I'm the exact opposite. I would much prefer Lamar Miller just because, you know, Lamar has been more consistent in his career. Doug Martin's had two craptastic seasons in between a sandwich of a great season, his rookie year, you know, with one game propelling that. And then, you know, last year to where he really showed up in a contract year. So I, I just prefer the consistency of Lamar Miller, especially how he seems to be trending upward and how he still has room to grow with more carries. Uh, he's, you know, we haven't seen Lamar Miller have a full, you know, type of workload. We haven't seen him have, you know, 300, you know, cold touches like Doug Martin has. It, and I just think running the ball, Lamar Miller has a gear that Doug Martin doesn't have. Right. And his ability to sort of find those creases has been, you know, J.J. He's the kid's name. Uh, you know, I, I think they're both gone. I think they're both gone. I don't think either of these guys is back. Uh, Tampa Bay had a crap load of money. They decided not to franchise Doug Martin. Uh, I, he wants, apparently, this is his one chance at a big contract. And Lamar Miller is significantly younger than Doug Martin. That, that's well, my thought.
2: Well, here's the one thing. It's a, when, when you look at the guy, when you say, okay, consistency, right? You're saying, well, look at Lamar Miller's been more consistent. Well, that's great if I want to have a guy that is just going to be just a, a solid play to put in my lineup whenever, but I'll take the guy that has a chance to have two bookends of, of, of really good seasons and the guy that can peak higher. I want a guy that if I draft him and i am and drafting him in the fifth round, or if I'm drafting him in the fourth round has the potential to be a second or first round value versus a guy that, um, you know, you, what you see is what you get. And, I, and I'm drafting my Stevie Johnson for his first four or five years with uh, Buffalo, where it was exact same stats every single year.
1: I think your argument, though, right there would be, would be though that if you're looking for the peak, I think it's Miller. I think if you're looking for the slow and steady, the more of the Mark Ingram, the more of the guy that's going to get it done and be more consistent. Then I, then I think it's uh, um, uh, Doug Martin. I think Doug Martin's a guy that you have in your fantasy lineup that gets you that eight to twelve. I think that uh, Lamar Miller's a guy that can have some nice games and be a con- quasi consistent player, but he can have that breakout explosion factor game if they both were staying in the same position or in equal uh, you know situations. To now, I don't know. That is actually in and and let me look at my tears. I bet you those guys are next, neck and neck with each other. I bet you they're back to back because there is not a closer one two punch that I can think of than those two guys in fantasy football. And uh, uh, I've got Lamar Miller significantly higher, I guess, than I do
0: um, Doug
1: Martin.
0: But it's still going to end up with landing spot. I mean, this is going to be a giant, you know, depending on where they end up, because one of the rumors is Doug Martin or Lamar Miller is going to end up with the Raiders. So that could be a great thing for either of those guys, potentially, if they're going to get a – Latavius Murray-like workload, but I doubt that is going to happen. Um, yeah, but th- the thing is with Lamar Miller is you've seen him rush for 4.6 yards a carry. You've seen him rush for over 5 yards a carry behind a pretty weak offensive line. And if he went somewhere where he's going to get 20 touches a game behind a better offensive line, I think the sky is almost the limit for Lamar Miller.
2: That's yeah, just Lamar- me. Lamar Miller also gets those those gaudy averages because he has a 90-yard run, 75-yard <laughs> run.
0: 90 Not yards me. count, right? A 90-yard run counts. They, count really
2: they really do, but, but, but they points. also make your averages skew a lot higher, don't they? So, Doug Martin does, does it. it. That makes
1: you average and get me uh, a 17-point touchdown. I think the other thing that
2: you got to look at is, 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 let's look at a, a, a closer stat, and I don't have it in front of me, who had more
0: 20-yard runs last year? Uh I I gotta say that's Lamar Miller, but I'll look it up. So you guys keep talking.
1: All right, let's go to another. uh, Let's go to another question. Do we have one? Um, Yes. Hold on. Let's go to Twitter. Um, All right, here's a question from Drunken Barbecue. All right, (laughs) I
0: like that's a that's that's a name I like. I can get behind that.
1: For the ages right there. Is there such a thing as a sober barbecue is my question. Um, Trump, not a good one. You've been to one? Not a good one. Yeah, not a good one. There's only only time Houdini's uh, at, sober at a barbecue is if he's looking to get a new job. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. I'll be here all week. Um, how good of an offense can the Jags, which he called the Nags, so he must not like them. The Jags be this year. How good can the Jacksonville Jaguars be? Well, I think
2: they can be a very good offense. I mean, the, the biggest uh, question mark that I have is, c- can T.J. Yeldon take his game to another level? Because he's going to need to t- to put another gear in his game. Because you already know, Blake Bortles is showing development and progression early in his career. You have Allen Robinson, who is showing progression early in his career. you got Allen Hearns. Um, who is still playing at a good level. And you have uh, Julius Thomas, who was who was a non-factor for much of the, of the season. So, yes, they have all all of their arrows are pointing forward and pointing up. So I, I like what uh, Jacksonville has as potential for next year.
0: So putting something to rest, Doug Martin had 14 runs of 20-plus yards. Lamar Miller had seven last year. So oh, there you go. I mean, they both have big playability. Uh, circling back to the Jags. There's going to be some regression in the touchdown passes. It, it just happens. It, it, there's a lot of garbage time, a lot of catch up, lots of, you know, playing from down 20 plus points, lots of, you know, big game lines that they had going into the week. He is, they scored 88% of their touchdown pass or They scored 88% of their touchdowns through the air last season. That will not happen again. The NFL average is around, you know, 67 to 70%. uh, So that'll skew a little bit more towards the TJ Yeldon. They're also a team that's looking to bring in another back, uh, whether it's a guy, you know, with more thumper short yardage ability, because they didn't really like uh, TJ Yeldon's ability in short yardage plays and near the goal line. So, that that could be somebody who's in there pilfering a couple scores from T.J. Elden, but I think T.J. Eldon's a good pick depending on what they bring in. Uh, but their offense as a whole, it, it's just it's a garbage time offense, and you can't count on that every week. You can count on elite offenses. You can't count on garbage time offenses. Like you think you're can- in a good
1: they're in a good division to be able to get it. So which which helps, and I don't know. It seems. It seemed like they were a team that was willing to match match off other offenses when when in games that an offense was bringing their a game and they had to put up points they were able to do it as well. Um, so I think there's no doubt that I think I, I think Bortles can have a similar season. I think the touchdowns for Robinson comes down. I think yards go up and the touches go up and catches. Uh, Yeldon. I didn't love what I saw, but that doesn't mean all that much. Hearns is not going to have the touchdowns. There's going to be regression, but as an offense, and you slot in a Thomas who actually missed a lot of time, and Houdini said it right was was kind of a non-factor. Overall, the team, the team is can be can do the same things, but there will be a, some regression. Those touchdowns are not going to be uh, bouncing around through that passing game, like you said.
2: Well, but at the same time, this is a different NFL now, so they very well could, especially if TJ Yeldon does not show any progression. Um, You know, you may be forced to see that. But the other thing is that you don't see gradual change that much anymore, right? It's like – Teams always, you know, we have so many now. Worst to first because so much changes with free agency and with, you know, you know, with what happens in the off season. So there's a good potential. I mean, you have a good young base of players there in Jacksonville. If you add to it the right way, or if a couple guys just really take a next step, and Blake Bortles has to be the main catalyst there because he, if he eliminates and just doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and <laughs> that's a good one. I understand. I understand. Well, but there's a, there's a time where all of a sudden a light bulb goes on and who's to say that this is not the year that it happens. And when you start feeling confident in your ability and stop overthinking everything, especially at the quarterback position, then you have a real chance to the game comes to you instead of you trying to force the game on. And that's what he's been trying to do too much during in his career. You know, now the biggest thing that'll help in that factor is that they need to win, win some games and not be a team that's always playing from behind and trying to force the issue. So. We'll
1: see.
2: I, I still think there's a there's good potential there.
1: I think the one thing, and in, in you're saying adding some of the right pieces to that team, maybe, isn't it offensive line? Isn't that what this team? I was, I would go. Anything else? Like, let's stock up. If, they, if that team can build and literally use a lot of their picks on that offensive line and just keep the portals and get that situation better and the protection and the offense and, and the running game better, this team could be redonkulous.
2: Let me give let me give a high five to Stags there on my screen. <laughs> uh,
0: basically, the thing is, Jacksonville's offense wasn't great. They scored a crap load of long touchdowns uh, that are unlikely to be maintained. They were 20th in first downs, um, which isn't a great number for a year-to-year progression of an, o- of an offense. It's something that usually stays, you know, the top teams on offense are usually in the top 10 there. And they are not a great team at getting first downs. They're not a great team at converting on third downs. They just – and they weren't even top ten in scoring offense. They scored 23.3 points a game, and they were 14th in the league. I mean, this offense just had all its touchdowns go to certain players. So, hold on. That usually distributes over the course of a season. So, what happens, though, if they get – because why do they have problems – uh
2: getting first downs they couldn't run the ball why do they have trouble converting on third downs because you couldn't run the ball and you're in third and long situations what if a Doug Martin or Lamar Miller ends up
0: there in Jacksonville well seeing as how they have a boatload of money I would agree I I just don't think a young team like that is going to spe- leave their second round pick hanging uh but yeah was NFL is correct He had the second uh, highest drop rate. He just had 52% of his catchable targets, Um, you know, last Mm. season. And of guys with over 10-plus touchdowns, only Ted Ginn had a worse catch rate. So, yeah, you're in some real elite company there, Allen Robinson. But, yeah, Al Robinson before, the season before, had a 77% catch rate. Um, So that should normalize. He should catch more passes. Uh that yards per catch is gonna probably come down a little bit from that at, what do you have, 18 or 17.8 yards per catch last season? And that fourteen uh yard touchdowns gonna come down. Like he is the number one touchdown dependency candidate to come down outside of Doug Baldwin. Uh, yep. the Doug but, Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. <laughs> uh I mean nice. I think this offense will come together. They do need to get some guys on the offensive line. I mean, we've seen how awful Luke Jokel's been. We've seen how awful, you know, they've got a ton of money. If they spend it correctly on a couple guys here and there on the offensive line, these guys could be pretty good. Uh, but I'm not expecting them to take a monumental jump into the top 5 of the NFL offenses. I don't think I'm
2: not saying top five, but they could easily make a nice stride this year and become a, 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 a you know from being what the 20th offense to being a top 12, top 10 potentially offense. There's, there's especially with their division, you know. Yep. I, I mean, hope
1: these. Guys, I hope this is the team that grabs Corey Coleman. Boom, boom. Let's do this.
0: They love Rashad Green there. Uh, they're not so high on, you know, they're not so high on Marquise Lee. Uh, they, they're, they're just going to go straight into offensive line and defense. I don't think they, I think their offense is pretty well set and it's going to have some progression in, in terms of being able to run the game, but then there's going to be regression in where the touchdowns go. I mean, we just got to face facts here. Like Alan Hearns is, you know, a pretty good talent, but he was undrafted for, you know, some reasons. Uh, the, th- mostly his mental makeup and his ability to, you know, stay straight uh, off the field. But, you know, that's, that's a big question. I mean, is that going to maintain Allen Robinson, you know, ha- he's had a history of injuries in college, had an injury his rookie year. Is he going to be completely healthy? Or are we going to count on that every single season? Julius Thomas, uh, what, what's the average 12 games a, a season for the last three years, including playing with Peyton Manning. So you got that. I mean, things are going to come back to earth. They need TJ Yeldon, and they need another running back there to take this offense to the next level.
1: No, Denard Robinson isn't going to cut the mustard? Uh,
0: I I think the closest thing Denard Robinson will come to cutting is getting cut, but he's on a rookie deal, so he's probably safe.
1: Nice. All right, guys, well, you know, should we – should we shut this party down? Anything else you, you you want to cover? Any other questions? Anything
0: you got? Let's see if anybody in the live chat's got anything, uh, and then we can hit it down. Uh, is there anything we missed on Twitter or Facebook?
1: I don't think so. There wasn't. There wasn't as much. The off season is a little different. Like during the regular season, it's like I ask questions on any of those, and it's a bombarded. People, uh, people take their little their uh, their their vacation from fantasy, I guess, but. I think we're pretty good, man. Let's 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 shut this party down. I think this was a fun proof concept uh, for us. Now I can and stay in 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 Michigan uh, and not have to drive back for a podcast potentially. And we could all just do a do the podcast from our homes this summer. God, that sounds great. There were a lot there of times where I literally would have been able to stay there for another ten days had it not been for our podcast. Um, but I think this is an amazing platform for us, uh, and, and yes, you do. Uh, Kehova, check out pyromaniac.com. Check out our website. It's uh, on a different level, our draft kit that we are all working on um, and delivering. It's going to be – I think it's going to be the 15th of this month, March will be what, version one.
0: What are you doing, Peyton, putting, putting dates out there? <laughs> you, I told you I don't like <laughs> that shit. <laughs> I'm trying to go on. Whatever
1: comes out, it comes out. I'm trying uh, to go on it's, vacation.
0: I'll try to go to Arizona and you're out here putting me on blast. I can't go anywhere now.
1: <laughs> Whatever it is, it is. So it's all it's yeah, we run that site. That's us, man. That's uh I'm D Rex. Got Stag Party and Houdini. And we and uh, we got a couple other guys. That's our website, man. So that, that this is this is it. But yeah, uh, we're fired up to get that draft kit out. Version one, if you buy it, you get all the versions up to the draft. We did not we, we did take off a, a couple of weeks like we said on this podcast which was great for us but we don't sleep this is a year-round dealio and uh we're fired up it was nice to take a little break from this even though we we're still working on the draft kit I did a blab with you last week one with Mo so we're we never really stopped but uh everyone's always working on stuff but It was nice not to have you guys – I'm sure it was nice for you not to have to come and do this stuff too. You got to go on your trip, and Man, we just don't mess around with this fantasy football stuff. We're super passionate about it, and um, I'm excited already for the draft, which is our next little thing. I still got to watch some more combine action. But uh, high fives to you. It High five. Stay party. Get off your cell phone. High five. I <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, text Much love, shit here. <laughs> Much love. I don't know if I'm gonna uh, decide to do music audio and do kind of what uh, uh, Pyromaniac Mo does, where he kind of talks about the show and then he does his interviews. So we'll see what happens with this, but uh, awesome times. I missed you guys. Let's do it again. We'll be doing Blabs again uh, throughout this offseason. We'll be doing our Pyro podcast each week. Like I said, there's the Pyro podcast, Light, that Pyromaniac Mo does. uh, During the offseason, there's a lot of fantasy football talks. Check us out. Subscribe to us um, on iTunes, Fantasy Football Fire, Pyro Podcast. Subscribe to us here now if you're watching us right now and you're one of the guys that's on Blab that's checking the show out. Thank you very much. But subscribe to us. Follow us. Do it with stags. Go to us on Twitter which is twitter.com forward slash P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one AC. We're having a good time on Facebook. And on that, we are facebook.com forward slash the word Pyromaniac. Love you guys. Amen. Winning championships is a year-round deal. Let's do this. Out. Land up.
0: Have a good one.